All right, now we're on. Okay, what's going on, guys? It's Cruising Podcast. I want to welcome our new guest today, Alex. Maiden Day Tattoo. Yes. Welcome, <laughs> man. We've been talking. Uh, it, I love when I get guests like this, like you, because like when you come in, it's already an immediate conversation where I'm like, okay, I want to get this going now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I was we, testing we, everything. We have been shooting the shit since yes. I walked through the door. <laughs> I love that, though, because it's the perfect guest to have on, you know, where you can just start talking, you're comfortable, so and you're ready to go. It, it's a lot better than, uh, I don't know if y'all... Well, when I used to follow TV more, uh, having Robert De Niro as a guest, <laughs> the dude is a freaking rock. Yeah. He'll sit there and just, <laughs> just with his shitty grin on his face. Won't say a damn thing. Yeah, yeah. Won't say a damn thing. Yeah, I'm like, how do you work with that? Yeah, <laughs> you know? his, like, his, his interviews. Very yeah. Very <laughs> like, when you want, that's what you're looking, you want personality, you, you want, sure, man. you know. We need our, content, we need life, we need energy. You and know? you know what they expect from it, right? I don't know if you've seen that YouTube um, show, Hot Ones. Have you heard of it? Yeah, yeah, right. It's a great, I actually love that show so much because it's a different take on the basic interview questions, you know? Uh, but I don't know about you, but like late night shows, I'm over it. You know what I mean? Well, you know, ever since politics took over TV, For I, sure. I, I don't watch regular TV, mm-hmm. so yeah. that that's... That ended, and and it's sad for me because I enjoyed uh, the late night talk shows because you'd have an opportunity to get a little insight into these actors, you know, and what they're actually like outside of you know work. You yeah. Know? So I liked it, but then everything became just political, this and that, you know, yeah. slander. So I was just, I, I, you know. Kills the mood. Yeah, there's a time for politics, and then there's a time for let's just talk and be exactly, normal, exactly. It, 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 it does. It does suck. Like where everywhere you go on TV, it's that. You know what I mean? It's hideous, and that's why I think it's a great thing that uh, actually Paul Rudd said this. Um, he was on the Conan. You, you know Conan O'Brien, course, right? Yeah. So he transitioned from late night. Well, I think he still does it, but he's leaving soon. But he he started a podcast. Okay. Uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend or something. So. It, he gets guests on, but he gets them on the podcast, like long format, like 40, 50 minutes, just straight conversation. Right. And he had Paul Rudd on. And Paul Rudd was saying how he actually always wanted to be a talk show host at one point. And, but then he, when he started going on them, he found out that it was all scripted and it was fake. And it, it just, he was like so saddened by that. Wow. He's like, oh, I, I thought it was a natural that's funny, thing. Because I, I actually thought like Rudd, you know, that it was a little more natural. I didn't know that it was so oh, scripted. Completely. I mean, thinking about it now, it, it certainly does make sense, mm-hmm. you know, because it is on live TV. So, you know, the producers like to make sure they have as much control over yeah. it as they can. So it's understandable. Oh, completely, yeah, like completely scripted but from I the didn't questions. Know it was yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. And like he said, you, you mean the the guests coming oh, on? Oh, questions also, and everything. Yeah, all that's all pre-rehearsed. Your kid? What? Yeah, we, yeah. I, I I saw once it was I think with Jimmy Fallon and he had Thor on. Uh, Chris, okay. uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. And he was saying a story about a kid that who met him, whatever. Then when I saw him again on Conan, he was saying the same exact story again. I was like, oh, so mm. so it's it's so it's like a set of questions. It's a formula for yeah. each. It's a show. formula, and yeah. and he mentioned how that's why he loves podcasts so much. Like that, he didn't realize at the time, but. That's actually what he was looking for because podcasting, that's raw. That's just real, authentic sure. conversation. And, you know? and also, you know, I think it's just the the evolution of things, you know. Yeah. Podcasting's the new thing. You for know sure. I mean? yeah. Like everybody seems to be transitioning to podcasting. 
I guess due to the freedom and flexibility and the comfort, you know, you don't got to be so... It's more open. Yeah, you, you know, but I mean with with a whole set and audience and yeah. this and that, podcasting, like we could do it anywhere. Just like uh, Seinfeld uh, when he, with the car thing, he picks up a guest. Yeah. And he, coffee? We, I, oh, I forgot. Uh, coffee something? Uh, comedians... Comedians and coffee or comedians and cars? Yeah, comedians and coffee. Yeah, I think something like that. Something with cars and comedian. Yeah. Yeah, because they always go for coffee. Yeah. yeah. It's always uh, breakfast or something yeah, and, and like the, that. And they just talk in the car. Because people want authenticity. You know what I mean? Yeah. They want to... They don't want to see a script just laid out in front of us. That's why a lot of people... Like, I think Hot Ones. That's why I love Hot Ones so much because he's asking you, like, different interesting questions they, while you're dying from Hot Wings. You know... um, leads me to uh plugging uh our boy the schmo there's this guy called the the schmo and the pro you know uh, on ufc and i remember when he first started his thing you know people didn't know what to make of him because he was very over the top clownish right i'm the schmo you're the pro how are we doing (laughs) you know that kind of thing and like everyone was kind of half on and half off, mm-hmm. you know, more on the you're so different and odd. I don't know if I really want to like you kind of vibe, but because the guy never broke from character and stayed going with it, he ended up breaking through. Now he's a huge hit, you know, and now everybody loves him. Everybody wants to get interviewed by him. And it just, it, and but more impressively, is that the questions he actually does ask, like the hot ones, they're they're very good questions. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the guy, it, it's not just a stupid, silly show. You know, he is uh, a really good journalist, a reporter um, who does his homework and is very well prepared, but he plays it off as this character to kind of bring something different to the scene like this entertaining aspect of <clears throat> yeah you know j- just to uh, kind of catch the the, the the fighter and whoever he's interviewing mm-hmm. off guard to, to just bring you on a different kind of level you know that's brings, interesting yeah. yeah and and it it totally worked you know it's so, something that people it, it kind of grows on them over time if you stay consistent and, and and there's there's i think there's a real parallel there with hot ones you know in hot ones case you know, they're eating spicy chicken wings. That's going to get a reaction out of you. Yeah. you it's very you know? personal almost, right? Like you're seeing this celebrity break down th- with wings and there's, yeah. they, they, you know, they yeah. don't know how to it, act. Maybe uh, that was part of the psychology. We'll never know, you yeah, know? it's interesting. Or it was just a natural occurrence. Like, oh, you know what? I didn't think that was going to happen like that, but that's even better, yeah. you know? Because it just brings more reality, yeah, more, yeah. more rawness out of, out of the person. That's and being. on top of his, I mean, he every person that he gets on, they're always complimenting Sean Evans on his great questions. They're like, man, I we never get these type of questions. You ask great questions, great. Oh, and it's also geez. fun. And while they're breaking down on hot yeah. wings, it's, yeah. it's great. It's refreshing. And, it's refreshing. And you know, who wouldn't want to be on there? Yeah. Who would not? Man, <laughs> come on. That's an awesome <laughs> like, show. I can't say that I pride myself on, you know, having a high threshold for spice, mm. 
but I would, I'll definitely burn my face off, yeah. <laughs> you know, just to have an opportunity yeah. to be on that. That would show. be awesome. Don't that, you hate those people? Like the guests that go on, they take like a smudge, like they barely even bite into the wing. Have you seen those guests? I think they Billy, just, like, I think Billy Eilish was like that. She had, like, yes. Like literally like chicken yeah. tenders. She's <laughs> a child. Come on. She really is though. She's what? Like 18 she's, or something? Yeah. yeah. She's, 18, she's probably like 19. Now, yeah. But. But I hate that when I see the guests, eat they don't the even eat the thing. whole wing. One who uh, well, did that, you know, um, the idea is you got to take at least one big solid bite. Yes, one, at one least good, like because we're gonna eat, half. we're gonna eat a lot of wings. We don't get super stuffed on TV, but you know, give me a solid bite. I'll give you some. Did bite. you see the Ronda Rousey one? No, I didn't. Oh, dude, oh, she dude. she just like the whole wing, one after one, just the whole thing. Damn, she was an animal. Yeah, she she ate them all like that. She all showed him a trick, like when how you eat wings, where she would like break it and then just like. And just scoop out the whole, all the meat yeah, yeah, with she, the sauce. She, she was pretty bad. She was an animal. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I respect that. I respect that. I, I you know, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but she, she's, she's like a tough motherfucker. So yeah, she is. She is. Um, unfortunately for her, she got exposed too much to her own bad luck um, when she did The Ultimate Fighter years ago, mm. and it really showed her true personality. And not not a nice person. Really? Not a nice person, you know? Made a lot of people who were on her bandwagon, like, get off the bandwagon. Wow. Like, like, why? Like, like, why is that? Like, um, Because perhaps, well, like in most cases, fame will affect all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're only human, you know? Unless you're older and more experienced, um, where life has grounded you much more solid, you can t- you can control it better. But for the most part, when you're younger and not that experienced, and and, and you do achieve fame at a younger age, um, it'll definitely tremendously affect your attitude and, and your personality, and obviously your ego. You know, and. Um, I think that uh, <clears throat> it just, I, I would hate to say something really ugly about somebody so talented, you know, but uh, I, I think it just really displayed what a negative background she may have been coming from, to not mm. say anything uglier. Right, you know? right. Whereas I don't know enough specifically about her to say something that negative. Yeah. But um, she certainly did expose more than enough of her true character that it was enough to make someone like myself go yeah you you just a, a bully bitch you know what i'm saying mm. that that thinks your shit don't stink you know how long ago was that that oh, show man, that, that was the beginning of the end for her man that was back when she was feuding with misha tate <clears throat> um probably five years ago now okay you know somewhere around then because she was still on her winning curve Oh, okay. And then shortly after, she got decapitated. Yeah, when was that that fight that but you know what, she what, got knocked what out? Crazy well, is that? the first one was Holly Holmes mm-hmm. yeah. chopped her up, and then Amanda, and then yes. yeah, Dude, yeah, she destroyed her. and then she made the insane mistake, much like uh, the Poirier McGregor fight. Mm-hmm. You know, she made the crazy, and and this is this is where ego, you know, becomes your worst enemy because, um, you know. You're riding this wave of success for like, I don't know, nine or ten fights in a row where she was arm barring everybody. And then 
to her disadvantage, she started scoring wins with with uh, strikes, knockouts, <clears throat> and then that's where she actually started derailing her career, in my opinion. Yeah. Because what happened was she suddenly started thinking, oh, I'm just as much a great striker as I am uh, a, a judo uh, expert at, you know, getting people on the ground and, and getting that arm bar. Yeah. And, um, and then she just got a little too ahead of herself because I think she may have scored like two knockouts in a row with punches. And she had this new trainer, uh, this guy, Edward Tarvidian or something like that, some Euro- European dude who just everything about this guy came off as just like a douchebag, douchebag Borat type of character. <laughs> you know, the, the guy was just a dick. Yeah. You know, like I could see right through him. And he had her thinking that she was this, oh, man, she, she's got talent for striking. She's got better, the best boxing hands I've ever seen because he was like a boxing coach. <clears throat> and then um, she had the Holly Holmes fight and I, I could just see directly into her head how she came out, you know, with this attitude of, because Holly Holmes is a world boxing champ. You know, mm-hmm. she comes from a boxing background and she was the female boxing champion in boxing. So I could see into Rousey's head where she was like, oh, I'm going to come out here. I'm going to outbox the shit out of this mm. bitch. I'm going to show the world, you know, that I'm not just a, a ground specialist. And she went out with a plan A with no plan B, mm. you know. Yeah. And had she gone out, had she never strayed from her original working formula, which is why the old expression exists, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, Yeah, you know. It's also the reason why Khabib went undefeated because he stuck with one formula for life. Yeah, if it's working, it's working. Yeah, why? you know, you don't have to prove anything. I'm, I'm going to go out there the first round, and I'm going to get you to the ground. I'm going to wear you the hell out, and the second round, I'm going to wear you out some more. But then, once I know I've got you real softened up, now I'm going to try to give the fans a little more of what they want, and we'll let it stand a little bit. But you're slower and tired now, so I, I can get you on the standing and so forth, you know? And he never strayed from that. You know, he faced a lot of fighters who tried to get in his head and, and make him stand with them and things like that. Or I'm sure nope. even fans too, right? Like booing during the fight or anything like that. Yeah. At that point, it's just, at least but, with her, but the thing, the thing with Khabib was that he was never really, he was never really dull, you know, for mm-hmm. ground fighter. A lot of ground fighters... Man, they were dull as hell, man. Just hold you on the ground and do nothing all day, you know? But Khabib was always doing something. He yeah. was always mauling you in some way or another. So his fights were never boring, you know? He's a disciplined guy too, right? Like, Well, that's that's that European discipline, yeah. man. They, they come from that hard, cold, yeah. disciplined background. He wrestled bears he wrestled or something, bears. right? Like, as a kid. <laughs> Nobody can get off of that shit. <laughs> Dude, I mean, look at when he fucked Connor. Dude, that 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 crank he had him in, that dude, like his neck. Like, Man, I, can only I gotta tell you again, it, I I could be wrong. You know, I, I wish Connor was here because <laughs> I, 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 I wish too. That would be great. I, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. But um, it was it was the ego. You know, mm. I think <clears throat> I was actually in Europe when I seen that fight, and I didn't know how the time format changes. I was in Denmark, um, and. Uh, that whole day, the only thing I was telling my people that I was with is, I'm watching that damn fight. <laughs> I don't care whatever anybody wants to do, but tonight I'm watching that fight. I didn't know that fight would start. You know what time the fight came on? 
at like uh, 5.30, 6 a.m. in the morning. Oh. Yeah, man. And I'm sitting here. Like, What's <laughs> You're <shit> waiting. <laughs> oh, and I would God. wake up every half hour. Said, Honey, uh, you know? Did you end up watching it? Did you get I to did. see it? You did. Oh, nice. Man, I'm, I'm you, know, you know what's crazy is that like like the, the, the Connor and, and um, oh my God, what's her name? Rousey. They, they were like both the top in their game and then how now they're slowly like moving it away like it's, it's crazy how different different reasons but similar truth yeah they they they've both kind of disassembled um <clears throat> that's the huge question mark surrounding connor right now yeah. because uh now um the only thing that matters is the third fight the rubber match with poirier so if he loses that fight again i don't know yeah if he loses that trilogy yeah, I could see him retiring possibly, you know, or, or, you know, he'll, he'll go away and come back after a while because the money's good. It's Connor, you know, proper but, 12 is serving him well, yeah. huh? Proper 12. Yeah. Dude, smart move. <laughs> you know, smart move. move. Yeah. yeah. But he, he made the mistake of fighting, um, this guy, uh, uh, Khabib. He should not, I think he wasn't ready. I think to, to not fight for so long and to go fight Khabib. Definitely I, not, not that, smart, that was, that was not smart. smart. The long layoffs, man, you know? Um, it's, it's like I play sports. I, I play, uh, I've played handball, racquetball, paddleball, New York paddleball. Um, and, uh, I, I, I'm addicted, you know, like that's my fountain of youth. I'm, I got hooked on that shit since I'm like 14, 15. Um, and, um, in, in particular when I was playing handball, um, sometimes, uh, people would walk up on the court and oh they play handball in florida and i'm like yeah <laughs> and uh i'm like you play and and they would be like oh yeah but i'm from new york i'd kill you you know it wouldn't even be a game and i'd be like really okay i'm a very competitive person <laughs> and i'm like well how long has it been since you played oh not that long like six months but mm. yeah you know it wouldn't even be a game i'm like six months you're fucking dead <laughs> you're dead i don't care how great you were i'm gonna kill you you know and i probably had that experience uh throughout my three or four years that i played handball i probably had that experience about four or five different times where i was out there playing at night and and, and just another goofball would come up with that same bullshit and uh i'd smoke them yeah i'd smoke them and a lot of the New York players, they, they had very much the same style, super good and aggressive and fast, but everything right there in front of the wall, you know, and a lot of Florida players from paddle ball were, were high lobbing players. We used the entire length of the court, you know, whereas they're so focused on just smashing and crushing the rollers and this and that. So every time I'd get those New Yorkers, man, I'd i just sit there and, and lob the ball, you know, and it would land all the way to the back of the court and they'd have to be running out of position to go get it. And I'd just like drop it in. And when you don't do it for six months, that's that's going to take an effect on you. Right? <clears throat> Conditioning six is months is six yeah. months. Practice, dude. Yeah. Practice. You know, I'm sitting here. Uh, when, when I was playing, I was playing. I was playing like four times, five times a week. You know what I mean? So I was in the zone and I was not a bad player. Sadly, I was never the greatest player, you know, in life, you know, you can go all in on something, but at the end of the day, you know, some people have reached this level, some are this level, some are that level. Yeah. It is what it is. You know, that's life. You just got to be content with what you can get. And as long as you got love for what you're doing, you're still going to love it. You know, I'd never beat the best, but at least I was able to play with the best. And sometimes we'd get wins, you know, 
on like they say on any given Sunday, man, you know, you, you can always pull out that win and uh, great experiences. But yeah, people cocky, you know. Oh, I, I'm yeah. I'm the shit. You know, I'm me. No one can beat me. Even if they haven't played in six months, eight months. Yeah, or, they, they still... It, it's, it takes... It, it's a big impact. Cause, you know, like like a McGregor or anything like that. I mean, those times he would go without, like, a fight for yeah, a while. He, his breaks are too long, man. It's too long. You know, his breaks are too long. He can do the best training, but if you're <clears throat> it, not consistent, yeah, your body... What, what he's failing to recognize is that the sport is moving on without him mm-hmm. and the competition is getting better. You know, the competition's getting better. Any sport, it's always going to evolve. <clears throat> it's always going to evolve. So if you're not yeah. evolving with it and you're kind of coming in and out whenever yeah. you want, you're going to realize like, oh shit, yeah. it's way beyond what it was before. Eventually that inconsistency is going to kick you in yeah. the ass. So. And he did have that fight with Cowboy that he... I he mean, got lucky. He knocked him out like uh, right away. Yeah, it, it was it was fast. I think it was like 45 seconds in the first round. And again... He didn't know that, that was gonna he work. was going to come out with this shoulder smash, and he never imagined that the sm- the shoulder smash would have such effectiveness. Yeah. You know, that's the fight game. You know, what I'm saying you, you, sometimes you come out with a with a new move that you didn't really use too much, yeah. but the person you're fighting against, they just unfortunately for them, they fit right into that attack a little too well. And Cowboy's, uh, you know, he he's a much uh, older veteran of the game now. And, you know, he's of the mind that, yeah, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to give him my best shot. I'm going to try to win. But, you know, shit gets too rough. I'm going to call it a night, you know, because I'm not trying <laughs> yeah. to kill myself either. Yeah. I'm, I'm a father. I'm towards the end of my career. I want to protect my health. So those smash, the shoulder hits came from out of nowhere. And that was that was right there. That was the beginning of the end. Yeah. Cowboys like, you know what? <laughs> this shit sucks. <laughs> you know, and then you know, Connor starts opening up with, with the head kicks and shit. Like, all right, go ahead, finish me. <laughs> yeah, know? literally. Yeah. I'm giving you your knockout. I'm gonna make you look great. Um, no one can say I chickened out. You know, look, I got my ass whooped, but I'm getting paid. I got paid. You know, I showed up. I got to fight Connor. And- you know, yeah, it's one of those things that you never, you, you don't see, like with Connor with the kick, right? When he got kicked, all those times, it's just like, no, yeah. it's the most random things. It's it's never gonna go. It's what you least expect. Yeah, you know, I never seen that coming. You know, it's like they say in boxing, and it's the punch you didn't Connor see. Connor is doing a lot of boxing, huh? Like Connor, he he fought Mayweather, so his training was very different. So he was doing a lot more boxing and stuff. So then when he goes back to his to you know to like leg kicks elbows and all that that's a whole different game. yeah again like rousey i think that connor may have taken a lot of overconfidence out of the mayweather experiences oh i, I boxed mayweather you know yeah. i lasted i think nine or ten rounds against mayweather was he 11 like, i thought it was 11 my it's like 10 or 11 no 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 or it, it was a 10 round fight um because it wasn't a championship fight. Championship fights in boxing are 12 rounds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I don't think he made it to the last round. I, I think he made it he to like gassed. the eighth or, or ninth, yeah, you know? He got and uh, yeah, and, and McGregor's known for a short tank. Um, and, uh, the, you know, just Mayweather had the perfect formula. You could almost say it was scripted. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Because. Yeah. Um, that show, that fight, 
it went off so perfect. You couldn't have written it yeah. any better. Because McGregor had some moments of like some highlight moments, but he didn't win. He yeah, McGregor had a little excitement in the first three rounds, yeah. and then from there it was just all oh, he just gassed. Well, he gets this. Wasn't the gloves more padded? I think I never read up that he wanted like like extra padding on the on the gloves or something like I, that. And I, 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 I think I read something like that. Some fights are like that. Um, maybe maybe, I, maybe McGregor wanted less padding on the gloves because yeah, he was used Mayweather to a lighter weight glove, one. and May and Mayweather probably wanted the heavier padding because yeah. as a boxer they yeah. they use thicker gloves. Yeah. Um. But um, that you know Mayweather. I admire his achievement and, and, and he's, he's an incredible, one of the greatest athletes to ever play the game. Um, but I'll always hold a gut, a grudge against him for what he denied boxing history Pacquiao. in never giving us the Pacquiao fight when it, when it was supposed to happen, you know? Prime. Um, yeah, you know, and, um, only true boxing uh, fans, you know, would agree with what I'm saying there, mm. because um, as a lifelong boxing fan, you know, I grew up watching boxing with my dad because he'd watch it. Um, and <clears throat> I remember, uh, you know, how when you're in kindergarten and first grade and they always ask, oh, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And everybody's like a fireman or an astronaut. Yeah. Or a cop. I said boxer. <laughs> I wanted to be a boxer. <laughs> yeah, teacher like, Really? What? What's wrong with this kid? <laughs> but um, <clears throat> you know, having grown up through so many uh, eras of boxing, mm. you know, in every era, I got to see the top guys that would always separate from the crop, and those top guys, they never failed to fight one another. Eventually, while still in their primes, no. you know, whereas Mayweather was the only fighter who absolutely did deny boxing history the right mm. of um giving uh the history that fight of you know the two greatest meeting while still in their prime now and he'll always spin it mayweather's yeah. he he's he's such a master of words he he could I could see him going into politics and becoming an incredible <laughs> politician because yeah. he's a master of words, you know. <clears throat> and I remember every time that the the talk would start up about okay they're they're gonna fight, you know, and the you know the plans would derail shortly after. Mm -hmm. Mayweather would always be the first one with oh you see I wanted to fight him yeah. but you know he chickened out and then. Lo and behold, afterwards, you, you'd find out the actual real details of what yeah. happened and why it failed to happen. And as clear as day, it was always Mayweather that set up these insanely ridiculous conditions for Pacquiao to ever accept, no. which is why it never happened, you know, because it was so stupid, you know, it was ludicrous. And um, I know for a fact that in my heart that Mayweather always did that. Because his primary focus throughout his entire career was to go through his career undefeated without taking ever any damage as much as possible. Yeah. And so any fighter who would reach the area of <clears throat> somewhat risky and dangerous was just, okay, no. You know, it's like when That's we've been on fights, we have this rule 
where if a fight's just too close to call, it can go either way, then nah, you know, because <clears throat> too much of a chance you're going to lose your money on that, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> like Mayweather taught us, I only bet when I know I can win. Yeah. You know? So you, you look for the bets where at least the odds seem much more in your favor. That and makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Mike yep. Tyson actually, I read something about Mike Tyson saying something similar to that about Mayweather. He's a, He doesn't consider him a great compared to all these other fighters because all these other fighters fought more, but they also fought people like what you just said right now, oh. where there was that challenge where they didn't back out from that. He actually said oh. something like that very recently. Yeah, man. I read and, up on it. And it's really aggravating and tragic because, you know, Mayweather was usually in boxing um, when the two best come together and it's and it's a slick fighter versus a puncher. The slick fighter always wins, you know, mm -hmm. like, like when Roy Jones faced uh, James Tony. James Tony was this big badass dude and he was a puncher. And Roy Jones was this really super slick, super fast guy. And, you know, everybody thought Tony was going to mop him, you, you know, and, and Jones just put on a show that night, you know, and that was where Jones just catapulted to fame. Mm. Much the same way as uh, what they call the, uh, I think it was the Thrilla in Manila when when um, Ali fought against um, Foreman, you know, and Foreman mm -hmm. was just this monster with power, you know, Foreman was like, an early Mike Tyson, you know, way before Mike Tyson, he just had bombs in his fists and everybody thought Ali was going to get murdered. Like they begged him, don't <laughs> take this fight. And Ali was coming into this fight after a long layoff, you oh, know? Wow. Yeah. Okay. And psh, Ali out slicked the dog shit out of him. You know what I'm saying? It's so, amazing. So that's why I say Mayweather, Seventy to eighty percent probability probably would have beaten Pacquiao, yeah. you know. But we'll never know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I will say, um, for me, of all the fighters I've seen in my entire life, I, I think Pacquiao will always be my favorite because of the things that I've seen him do and the things that I've seen him come back from. You know. Uh, the night that I seen him get put to sleep by Juan Manuel Marquez, you know, which was, if you didn't believe in something like karma, that fight right there taught you to believe in karma because there's, there's true karma in boxing. I've seen it numerous times. And with Marquez, they had this series, this, that was the fourth fight. The fifth never happened, you know? Um, but in the previous three fights, they were, I mean, Marquez was just that guy that he just had fucking Pacquiao's number. Like Pacquiao could beat the shit out of him, but Marquez would just still be there in his face, giving it back, you know? And um, one of the most remarkable boxing fights I'd ever seen was the very first time Marquez fought Pacquiao. Mm -hmm. Mind-blowing mind-blowing you know this is when Pacquiao just started blowing up and Marquez was was a respected fighter and in the first round um Pacquiao pretty much turned Marquez into a broomstick 
and just mopped the entire boxing ring with his face, you know? <laughs> and then from the second round on, bro, you never seen nothing like it. It was like Marquez just little by little just started outboxing the shit out of fucking Pacquiao all the way to the end. All the way to, like, I think that fight ended in a draw or it went to Pacquiao, but really... The, the case could be made Marquez of the three fights, at least two of the three, he could have actually gotten that decision. But every time in the three fights, Pacquiao always got the decisions like a split decision victory or a draw and whatever. And uh, that fourth fight, man, when, when Pacquiao got knocked out so nasty. He was that, winning. I never, he, uh, I never, he was like, the guy was, like, like, he was no, winning, it, was he? Was no, winning? no. Um, because Marquez, had dropped him earlier in that fight with this amazing giant looping overhand right that dropped him in the fucking corner too. Um, but but yeah, Pacquiao was starting to fight his way back in, and then he got caught with that that he took a nice blast little, and a, a nice little nap. Yo, you know, like the world stood still in that moment. You know, like like you could just hear a pin drop. Like everybody was just like. Like you, it was just one of those things, you know, you could not believe what you just witnessed. But the point of the story is, whereas most fighters would retire, dude, yeah. that is practically the hardest type of knockout you could experience. Yeah, like, like, he, like he wasn't moving dude, after he was just That was no different rough. than if someone took a Louisville slugger to your fucking head. Yeah. You're out hard ugly and uh the fact that pacquiao that fight is perhaps gosh i don't know seven eight nine years ago i can't believe how fast time is flying you know but since then that little bastard came back yeah. you know and he and, and he just kept on fighting and winning against the top you know he fought this guy keith thurman keith thurman is at the very top you know, he is at the top. And Pacquiao beat him like straight, legit, outworked him, out-hustled him, way older than him, way past his prime. And he still beat him. Like, that is extraordinary. Pacquiao is just, man, I I, I, had, I have so much admiration for him. You, you know, I like, like, I have very few heroes in my life, you know, and as I realize it at that moment, Pacquiao is definitely one of my heroes. Definitely. And I can see why. That makes total sense. And I wanted to actually ask you because you're like a huge boxing fan. You're talking about all this, right? What do you think of like where you see boxing going right now? Uh, I don't know if you saw recently like all these like YouTubers and celebrities that are trying to do boxing now. You know, Mayweather took that fight with uh, uh, Logan Paul. Lo like, yeah, but, you, but they quickly realized there was nothing there. Yeah, you saw that. They pulled back. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's an exhibition fight. Yeah. What are we doing? You yeah, like saying? that Mike Tyson fight. You, you know, with... If you're Tyson and Jones, you could pull it off because mm -hmm. it's Roy Jones and it's Mike Tyson. Did I'll you see honest, the previous I, fight I, um, uh, with the basketball player, Nate Robinson? Nate Robinson. Did right. you see that? And, and, How well, that's, terrible? That's the, fight. that's the fight that made uh, Jake Paul famous, you know, because yeah. uh, you know, terrible. He, he, he it was looked, terrible. Listen. You know, when you're fighting someone who has no idea what they're doing versus Clearly, someone yeah. who's really been actually doing it for a couple of years, those couple of years are going to show through, especially yeah. if you actually got a little talent for it as well. And um, Jake, you know, I recognized 
that he had talent for it in that first show they did where um, Logan Paul fought in the main event against KSI or yeah K- something like yeah yeah right? KSI yeah. yeah and and Jake fought on on the fight previous you know yeah. on the undercard um, yeah when when I seen those two fighters that night um, I was like wow Jake looks like he's got some talent you know and he seemed more about it um, like I really want to fuck you up you know what I'm saying as opposed to Logan who's about it but more for the show and mm-hmm. the hype of it but i'm not really a killer you know yeah whereas jake all right we're gonna do it let's go you know what i'm saying right he, and and that's the kind of grit that it takes you know to be a fighter so you know i recognize that and you know the kid does have some talent but, but for it also too he hasn't really fought a real boxer no um i, I, th- I think that's why it's hard to like yeah, yeah, you can train all you want, but once you fight a guy that, that has like, uh, well, you gotta get uh, hit, absolute, right? No, has absolutely, he, has he been absolutely. Hit? I, I don't think he has. I don't think he okay. truly. He hasn't truly been tested. Okay. Yeah. And mostly, I'd pat him on the back because it's 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 brilliant. Yeah. What 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 they've done. And been able to manifest for themselves is yeah. is just nothing short of to even fucking, make an event out of it's any, it's, it's yeah. a virtuoso performance, and the Robinson spectacle just is what put the bow on the fucking gift <laughs> He's basket. He's fighting uh, ben, ben Askren, dude. Ben Askren. I was like, oh my god. But no, like, no, not oh my god. He, he's a wrestler, but I saw his striking. His striking, it's like oof, like pathetic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look. Um, it goes pretty bad. This is, this is just as much show business mm-hmm. as it is boxing. It's it's it, if anything, it's more show business than boxing. But what you really got to appreciate about it is more the brilliance of the strategy of the thinking. You know. Well, I'm not a pro. Okay. I'm not trying to go pro. I'm not trying to devote my life to boxing, but I'm not bad at it. I'm pretty famous. I know how to rile people up and and piss people off enough to trick them to come into the fucking ring. Yeah. Um, and who? I don't give a fuck if I get my ass kicked. Look at all the attention and money it's going to bring. Yeah. So even if he gets his ass kicked, it's still a fucking win. You know what I mean? But let's take it a step further and and call out key figures that we could actually have a good shot at beating. This guy, Askren, world champion for many years, world-class athlete, Olympic athlete, um, but never <laughs> threw a punch, you know? And, you know, they, they put out that one video on YouTube where they, they show it all the times that he did throw, but he's like, I don't know what he's the like fuck he was doing. Or something. Yeah. yeah. The half-ass um, spin. Uh, but, but this is, this is, there is a very key factor that makes this fight extremely interesting, if not fascinating. And that's going to be, um, will Askren's world class discipline and experience as a real fighter because mm-hmm. he fought real fights yeah for, yeah but he, he just had like a hip surgery so i don't know if that's gonna the, play well out. well that's true but but that's been a while he he's well rested you know he, he so. hopefully <laughs> well 
And not to be mistaken, um, that hip issue would be more of a factor against him if um, if it was a full MMA fight, yeah. you know, where he yeah, might like take the a kick aspect, or yeah. he would have to do some ground fighting. Yeah. But in this case, he's not worrying about all, all that other stuff. It's standing and throwing punches. I think his best bet is just trying to like put his weight on him. When he, when he grabs him, put his weight, kind of what, uh, what Fury did to Wilder. Well, trying to like just wear you, his, down his body a I, little bit. I, I shouldn't say this. Because I don't want to help Jake, but <laughs> you you may be letting the cat out of the bottle here because that's most likely very much part of the plan. Um, here's what those of us in the know think. We think that Askren's key to success is to drag it. It's an eight-round fight. Mm -hmm. So take that shit past the fourth. And let's Let see. Him gas. And let's see what Jake's got because I'll tell you, Jake's a husky kid. Yeah. Let me tell you something about huskiness. That shit gets heavy. It'll wear you the fuck out. You know. And he's gonna be eager. He's gonna want to knock him out, knock him yeah. out, knock him out. He's young. Hell and he's yeah. Gonna, once he sees that he's throwing his hardest and it's not working. You no. Know, and also, if, if that's when you can just like just grab him, put his weight on him a little bit. Like just just get, get him a little tired. Get him a little yeah. tired, and then you can try to get a. It's interesting because like that one's still happening, but I, I, I was telling Joshua, I think with the Mayweather thing, I, I think that with, with Logan Paul, because now it's not happening. Now it's they say happening. it's delayed. Yeah. I don't think it's happening at all. No, I, that got shut down. I have a feeling. I think Mayweather an, wasn't in shape he was, anymore. I don't think he was ready. No, I feel like they didn't want to do the risk. Mayweather. He has May everything Mayweather to lose. Mayweather doesn't even have to do a, a day of exercise for that <laughs> shit. Are you kidding me? Mayweather could just step into the ring at any fucking moment and just do that. But no, there, there's just, there's not enough interest. Listen, if you're not allowed to knock out your opponent, who the fuck wants to see it? You know, yeah. they sold that with Tyson and Jones, which funny enough, nobody knew that aspect of it until just prior to the fight. You know, like I follow this shit and even I didn't catch on to those finer details of the reality of the fight that it's going to be an exhibition, no judges and no knockouts. What the fuck are we doing? Mm. You know, that's that's to me as silly as when they were talking then they were getting really close of making the Mayweather fight against McGregor in the MMA, in the octagon in the UFC. Oh, yeah. And then when they came out with the with the rules, it's like what's the point? The modified rules were no elbows, no kicks, no wrestling, yeah. only punching. It's another boxing. We're fight. boxing. <laughs> what the fuck, yeah. man? You know, and, and that, immediately were, were the, the same shit... rules applied for the Mayweather Logan Paul. Were there rules applied for that? Well, or Mayweather they... Logan Paul is boxing. So yeah, yeah, but just... what was it that? Why, why do you think it got? Well, because you're, there, because it's an exhibition where nobody's allowed to knock out anybody. So you think that so, that was what it? Yeah, because at the end of the day, people are gonna pay to watch a, 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 a pity pat sparring match yeah. for eight rounds, where these guys are gonna dance around and and play fucking games. No, but also the the just like like the weight difference is just so. I was like, because like, look, even the Logan Paul. Like he has like compared to Mayweather, it's like no training compared to Mayweather. Sure, of course. But all it takes is just that one lucky hit out of nowhere. Yeah, but again, um, knockouts aren't allowed. You know, you're not allowed to go after a knockout. So what are we doing? Yeah, you know how does I mean? that even and, work? And listen, not to mention Mayweather can go in there with both hands tied behind his back 
without a day of training at all. And Paul's still never going to touch him. He'll never. I will give credit where credit's due. Mayweather Mayweather is this era's greatest defensive boxer. Mm -hmm. Well, he changed changed boxing. Because look at uh, like um, uh, he fought Canelo. Canelo changed his style to Mayweather kind of like. Um, That, I mean, that's an unfortunate fight. That should have never happened in my opinion. I, I wish... I, I, think, I, I think it was good for him because after he lost in Mayweather, he kind of like, I feel like he kind of. Dude, you know what? You can look at it in a million different ways and, and there's no right or wrong way to look at it. For me, um, Canelo just fell, you know, prime right into a typical Mayweather setup. Mayweather, very intelligently you know handpicked canelo at that period of time um not 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 that he knew how canelo might progress as years would go but at that period of time you know canelo was building a, a a a good name for himself um the biggest problem that mayweather had in selecting his fighters was that they gotta have enough of a name recognition uh, enough of a good-looking record yeah. to to appear as a worthy opponent, even though they already know the outcome. If Mayweather was picking you, it's it's because you were already beat. Mm. It was just that simple, That's and and yeah. I knew that. You, you know, when he picked Canelo, the first thing I said was Canelo's an idiot if he takes that fight. But you know, every fighter thinks he can win, especially at that point. Canelo was still undefeated, yeah. so of course, you know, oh money. yeah, huh, and money. Money, but but you know, Canelo's more about his legacy and wanting to prove to the the boxing world that he's not just a pretty face with a padded record, that he's a real gritty fighter, you know. And it's one thing I've always seen in him, you know, I've I've always felt it in his character. The dude's very serious yeah. about about his fight style, his fight game. You know, he's always been very serious on priding himself on, I don't, I don't say no to nothing. You know, you want to go, let's go. You know, he's got that discipline, right? That he's got that discipline, it. but he's got a real chip on his shoulder that, he, yeah. that he's just, I want to make sure the world fucking knows yeah. that I'm a real fighter. I'm not just a, a, a pretty boy, Dalahoya project that he, that he, you know, yeah. pumped up and made look good, but wasn't real. I'm, I'm legit. You and know? you can see it. I mean, we saw his latest fight. It's just like, Man, uh, he's the, against the Turkish kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he made it look easy. Yeah. I'll tell you where he impressed me uh, was the fight before then when he fought this guy, Callum Smith. Um, I had my eye on Callum Smith for a while. Undefeated fighter, tall guy, really good fighter. And that was a fight I wouldn't have bet on. Mm. I didn't bet on um, because I had that much respect for Smith, man. I. I was like, fuck, man, Smith might, if anyone might give him the first loss since Mayweather, it might be Smith. And man, Mayweather just put him in his lunchbox, <laughs> you know, boxed him up, <laughs> put him away. He's, man, great job. Yeah, great yeah, yeah. job. I love like, his like character his, too, you know, and man. His, and his, and his, like, his, his, uh, his footwork is amazing. Like, what, like, like to, his head movement. His like, head like, movement. Like, like he knows Bro. what's coming and like he just like, oh, okay. Like, it's ridiculous. I've, it's not even fair. It's it's something that I've seen developing over the years in Canelo. 
Um, one of my favorite Canelo fights was when he fought the first Triple G fight and Triple G chased him like a mad dog from corner to corner. And I mean, every time Canelo got in the corner, I'm here and Triple G would be right in his face and Triple G would come in and, and throw a flurry. Nothing would touch him. Nothing. And it, and it was it was beautiful to watch. Is, it was yeah. beautiful. He, he has good power, but his head movement, his footwork is... that. Is, is sadly the one defect in his fighting. Um, there's fighters like the great uh, Felix Tito Trinidad, you know, from the 90s, early 2000s. Trinidad was a skinny kid, man. Not a shred of muscle on him. But he just, he had that, that, that magic touch. He wouldn't even have to touch you and and his opponents were already doing the the, the stanky leg <laughs> you know what i'm saying like some people just they just have that magical leverage in their punch where wilder. it's got it's got not wilder it's got no. nothing to do with how muscular you are it is just pure leverage and the beauty of how that person like, generates like, that wilder like no technique but don't wow. get his two is going to save him. What, uh, what, how funny that his name is Wilder because and, he yeah. does have this completely wild style of fighting. Yeah. It's it's very it's and almost he, very street fighting. Yeah, yeah. 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 like He's he just, has no technique. He has no yeah. technique. But again, what's saying is his two. His power is yeah. crazy. A lot of fighters when they're fighting him, they're get they're winning, they're winning, and it's just that one mistake. Ortiz. When yeah, Ortiz. Fought, Ortiz. Man. He had him twice. Both fights were he, really. He had, I was like, come on, yeah. Ortiz. Like, you can win it, yeah. but just. It's that it's one that mistake. Incredible. That little Incredible. opening. And Incredible. then Tyson Fury came And the in. one that figured it out, Tyson and Fury. And Wilder man. was losing the second fight on against, points uh, against Ortiz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ortiz was winning the rounds, it. you know? And that man, one, just... Like that one misstep. Yeah. And, and, and I never, like after that fight, he was so mad on himself because he had him. Ah, he dude, that's it. frustrating. That's so um, frustrating man, twice. Now you're just reminding me of last week's fights where this one fighter... Was doing good and he was winning, and then pff, he just took a shit and, and dropped the ball. And next thing you know, he's losing. You know, like can't remember who that was. Was that UFC or UFC? Yeah. UFC. Was it the guy who did that illegal knee kick? Don't even bring that up because <laughs> I might just have to punch this. You, you know, like that was my guy, and he ruined our freaking night that night because we we were winning every fight that we called. We oh, every fight. Oof. How do you first, bro? You you could do a whole show on that night, <laughs> on that fight in itself. Because the one problem I have with the UFC is that, like, I got I'm, a lot of problems with the UFC. <laughs> but. The one thing I like about boxing, like to watch, like going dazzling twenty bucks, you watch the fight. The problem with UFC, it's like it's every like Saturday, it's like eighty bucks, eighty bucks. Like it's no, always, it's always like you're like, talking like about pay per views. Yeah, I feel like it's um, too many like well, pay per views. No, um, I, let me tell you something. First of all, you know, if Dana White were to ever see this, like, you know, another one of the name of our possible podcast shows would be, if if you don't know, now you know, it's the We Want to Meet Dana White podcast, because he's Uncle Dana. For me, um, I've been watching UFC since the very first show. Um, I'm proud to say that. Not that that means I'm old, because I ain't. But, but the point is, is that um, Dana kept me alive throughout the pandemic yeah. you know yeah he, he fought he fought yeah, 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 he, he had he, he, the balls to go through the fire 
of all the fucking hate yeah. that everyone to everyone jumped on the bandwagon. Oh, you're crazy. He made that video oh, too. Oh, that yeah. That video yeah. And good cool. for him. Yeah. Good for him. Um, I, I watched this podcast with uh, Big John McCarthy and this kid uh, and, and, and his partner who's an ex-fighter, uh, Josh Thompson. Um, and um, McCarthy was in his feelings about uh, he was chopping up uh, Dana because Dana made that video where it was kind of like the big fuck you to all you naysayers who yeah. told me not to do it. We did it video. and we killed it and it was the greatest thing we ever did. Good for him. He had every right yeah. to do that, you and know? What's cool is that Fight Island. That Fight yeah. Island, Listen, dude, that shit's cool. You got to think outside the box sometimes, you know? And, and you know, Dana is just, he's an incredible person because where there's a will, there's a way. And he fucking didn't stop until he found a way. And he made it happen, not just made it happen, but he made it happen to the tune of... Um, Every weekend, he gave us a show. Yeah. And when we don't, we're not boxing, uh, we're not baseball and basketball fanatics, which there was always baseball and, and, and basketball and football, you know. Um, you know, all we got is our, is our fight game that we like. You know, Dana gave it to us. He found a way to keep it going for us. And not only did he find a way to do that, but he found a way to do it almost every weekend, that constantly. Is, yeah. And you know what? That was life for us fight fans, you know? And for all the fucking stupid ass douchebags, forgive my language, <laughs> you know, but you deserve it, that want to get out there with their whole fucking rights. Oh, it's wrong. And oh, you don't <laughs> care about the fighters. And oh, you just care about the money. Go fuck yourself. You know, he's, he's paying people so they can listen, their families and he, he, he never had to fire anybody. No. You know, they never had to let go of people due to a lack of work. Uh, nobody put a gun to any fighter's head to fight. Yeah. Everybody who wanted to fight fought because they wanted to fight. No. You know, and now at this point, after the fact, everyone's grateful to him, you know, and he did that. He took that challenge on on his own. Yeah. And it's just one of the many reasons why I love the shit out of Dana White. Like, you know, one of our dreams with my kid is is for us to fucking someday be able to meet him and and hang with him for a weekend, man. You oh know? my god! Man. And, and yeah, I mean, I'd yeah. I'd love to work for the UFC, man. I'd I'd fucking I'd be happier in a kid and shit. Well, know? if they're watching this, you never know, man. You never yeah. know. You never know. I mean, hell, I've supported the UFC my whole fucking yeah. life since it's been on. Have you seen his office, Dana White's office? There's a video on YouTube. Uh, he gave a tour of his office in Vegas. It's incredible. Um, no, I seen the tour of his room where he stayed at in, in Abu Dhabi. You, oh you know, no, there's a whole tour Island. of his office. Oh, if you see his, his office, office, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, office. it's exactly what you'd picture Dana's Dana White's office to be like. I mean, it's incredible. It's a badass office. Yeah, badass. I, I, it's funny because I just seen oh, this morning. I was watching him on Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson mm. and Zab Judah, and he was talking about his office, how he's got a gym in his office, and all this and that. Um, you know, he loves what he does. He he just loves what he does. You know, the the haters and the naysayers, you know, they they'll never have a problem finding something to be negative about. Yeah, yeah. You know? But For those sure. are people who just hate their own fucking miserable lives. Yeah. Because the truth is, they don't know what it's like to love what you do. You know, like yeah. we love what we're doing right now. This is what we want to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is natural for us, you know? And 
Dana working six to seven days a week. He's talking about how I'm always working, you know, but it's as they say, when you're, when what you do is what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, yeah, the guy works long ass freaking hours and days, but, uh, he loves it. You know, it's, it's not only about money, but then there is that reality where, you know what? We've created a giant monster that has to stay getting fed now or yeah. else, you know? And when you consider the the hundreds, I don't know how many employees he's had, he has, but I, I, maybe not the thousands, but I'd say hundreds of people behind the operations to run all this. That's a lot of mouths depending on the yeah. success of that empire to keep rolling forward, man. So bro, Bravo, Dana. Bravo. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's you're, you're, adapt or die. Literally, huh? like it's adapt or die. Like you gotta Absolutely. figure it out. And that's and and that's a great um, anecdote for life. You, you're you're always constantly adapting because sadly, um, the hard times are never going to stop coming. Yeah, no. You, you know, e- even if you want to play it as safe as possible, a fucking plane will land on you. Something. Yeah. It's that's life. You know. Um, Sadly, even at my age, the hits don't stop. You know, it's it's always one thing after another. I remember, I won't say who, um, uh, I got this great book and I think it's called uh, The 64 Most, Most Interesting People in the World, you know? Okay. I probably got that book like 10 years ago, you know, and it's got... It's got all kinds of celebrities, actors, athletes, uh, you know, um, financially successful individuals and whatnot. Um, and everybody gets a page and <clears throat> they're uh, interviewed. And basically, the book's put together from Esquire magazine over the years of interviewing all these different people. And so it's just one page from every interview of that individual. In any event, um, the one particular guy that we're talking about, he's a hero of mine, my, probably my greatest hero. Um, at the time of that interview, he had to be mid to late 60s, you know, uh, a billionaire. And um, he makes a uh, comment in regards to, you know, you have to you have to welcome the bad times, the hard times, because sometimes it's good to go through the fire, Mm -hmm. you know? And because if you never do, then you'll never be ready for what's next. You know, you're never going to be strong enough for the reality of, of what's heading your way. Cause it's, it's everything's coming our way, you know, especially now more than ever. Um, and, um, I would imagine that, at that stage of his life, when he was saying that, you know, I'm sure you would imagine when you are in your late 60s and you are super successful. No. Um, you would imagine that all your hard times are way behind you. You know, you've been through your battles, your hard downs, your your tremendous hits, and you've dragged yourself back up and rebuilt yourself and you've succeeded. Dude. Who wouldn't imagine that, yeah, at this point I could say, yeah, embrace the fire because I don't got to worry about about that no more. And then lo and behold, his hardest fires came after and he fucking survived it like the ultimate warrior. 
You know, like that, they, he is, there's, for me, there's Pacquiao, there's Dana White, and then there's him, you know, period. <laughs> you know, that's it. Because nobody proved it and showed it more than that person, you know. But the point being that you would think that your hard time, you, just, just when you think your hard times may be behind you, man, pff, you have no clue what's coming. I feel like it doesn't even matter what age you are anymore. It's just you're always kind of just figuring it out as of, you go. Oh, no, you know? of course. Like we, but but true. but the bigger point is that, bro, in your late 60s, you're a billionaire. And you uh, still got I'm, I'm sure if someone said to you, hey, man, you, you, you think you got any more hard times ahead? And you're like, and, nah, I'm good. And then, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, the world fucking drops on. You're Crazy, like, man. dude. That's life. It's unpredictable. It's unpredictable. It's unpredictable. I, I actually wanted to ask you because, you know, you're a tattoo artist. You run your own shop and yeah. everything, right? So, like, you're a huge boxing fan. You said you wanted to be a boxer when you were younger yeah, and stuff. I remember So, like, how that. did that, like, come um, into play? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I tell you, it's, you know, I hate to admit, it, when you get on in your years and, and, and you grew up, um, you, you will carry the regrets of the things you didn't try. Mm -hmm. You know, um, whenever I watch the fight sports, you know, I do feel a little twinge of, of pain and regret because I'm like, I know I could have been good at that, you know, but that's life. You, you know, as you go forward through your life, you know, from, you know, teenage years to your twenties and thirties, um, each subject will come up, you know, and I remember when I was, uh, turning 18 and you got to sign up for the service. It's like mandatory. I don't know if that's yeah. still mandatory anymore, you know? Um, but in any event, you know, that was when the whole, uh, idea of maybe joining, you know, some, something military like the army or the Marines, right. And, and I was always a, a, a rugged kid, you know, I, I always liked doing everything physical and challenging and, you know, we, we were always like bouncing off the walls and, I, you know, I had a best friend and, you know, we were into everything ninja, everything martial arts and we would always, man, we would just beat the crap out of one another and we <laughs> loved it, man, you know, like that was our shit. And so, you know, when that whole... I don't know if that happens to everybody. If everybody goes through a stage of life where they go through this period where, oh, the military, is that something I, I want to join? You know, do I want to enlist in some military branch, you know? But but it, it came up for me for, for a period there. And I, I became very close to the idea. Um, and for me, the whole interest was to... Uh, I'll join the Marines to uh, learn how to become a, a pro boxer, you know, and, and go forward into boxing. Cause this is way, way before MMA, you know? Right. <clears throat> and, um, that was one of the pivotal moments in my life where I had to make a hard choice of, well, do I want to go the hardest route possible and be a, a real fighter in life? Or, do I want to take the other road, which is a lot softer and easier of being an artist? Because I was just as much in love with drawing and art mm -hmm. um, as I had grown up in it uh, from the age of five. I can remember my very first experience of, of how and why I got triggered into falling in love with art. Um, you know, 
So I, I had an equal desire for both. You know, we, we'd always liked fighting, but I did always like drawing. And, you know, that was the day where I was like, eh, you know, I'm a bit of a softie and I don't think I'm the fastest guy. I <laughs> took a few beatings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I didn't like that punch in the nose. And at one time I, <laughs> I ducked into it. I ate a fucking uppercut and I was spitting my teeth out, man. That mm. shit wasn't fun at all, man. I <laughs> felt like the world's biggest idiot. One, one day me and my, my buddy... You know, oh well, let's go outside and spar. You know, yeah. We, we put the gloves on. We had everything, you know, and and we're like, all right, just go easy. And the first fucking thing I do was, he goes like this, and I go, oh, that's a good idea. Doosh, you know, oh. and I had no mouthpiece, and I just felt like I had a mouthful of sand. It just felt like sand all over the inside of my mouth. I felt like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, my mom whooped my ass because <laughs> we had to get them shits fixed. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's <laughs> got to fix that. Yeah. yeah. But um, so you know, I, I have to admit it wasn't a hard choice to make. You know, I I, I chose the the road of art, and uh, I'm glad I did. You know, because I I, I like to live a, a very comfortable, pain free life. And that's the thing about the fighter's life, man. You know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. That's no. one side of it. And that's how it goes, very much so. Um, and then there's the harder side of it that if that's what you're going to do, and you're the kind of person who is really about what you say you're going to do, then you're going to live the fighter's life. And bro... Living the fighter's life is living a life that I like pain. Yeah. You know, you're that you're that guy. You're that guy. You know, whatever's going on, I'm good. <laughs> you know, did I just take a shot to the head? I'm good because no. I, I live with pain. That's a fighter's life. You know, kind of not to get out of the subject, but the reason why McGregor lost to Poirier because Poirier had been living solid consistently the real fighter's life getting forged yeah. by the fire. Whereas uh, McGregor over the years just kept falling further and further away with these longer hiatuses from fighting. And bro, I'm sorry, you know, when you're living a millionaire's lifestyle com completely to the hilt, bro, it's different. You're no longer living in the world of pain anymore that you have to be in to be ready for the fighter's life. And so I, I think that ha that had a lot to do with it. It's just my opinion. Um, but in any event, um, yeah, so that was tough because I, I see things all the time. Oh, man, I would have killed that, you know, or, you know, or, or I wish I could be a, a coach, you know, because I, I, I see things all the time. Like my son will tell you if, if we were able to, ever to get on here with him one day, he'll tell you about how um, that leg kick. Mm -hmm. um, I've been hating on that kick. For years. And I've always been saying that if I was a pro fighter, no one would ever want to fight me because the only thing I would ever do was decap I would decapitate everyone's fucking leg <laughs> because it's within the rules. Yeah. You know? And I've just always bro, like I just see it as the easiest thing in the world to get away with kicking you fucking below the knee. You know what I'm saying? So I I I I would have probably been a Khabib undefeated fighter because I would have just taken out everyone's lead leg. Everybody. And some <laughs> alternate reality where if you had chosen... Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, you know, I've been calling 
out the effectiveness of that leg forever. And now all everybody can talk about is, oh, the low leg kick. You know, all of a sudden, now everybody wants to master the low leg kick. Everybody wants to use the low leg kick. Oh, yeah, that's the kick. You know, like for the last 10 years, I've been talking about the low leg kick. Like, that's the easiest cheat move. In the, like, that's not cheating. You can get away with that, bro. It's, it's a fucking no-brainer all day, you know? But then you're, you're, you're making me um, also go into the details that I hate about the UFC. A foot stomp... And fucking kicking you in the kneecap. Mm. Come on. You know? Like, who the fuck can't kick you in a fucking kneecap? You know what I'm saying? And a foot stomp? Like, dude, if you're going to have kicks like that to be um, fair game, you know, not cheating, you might as well have kicking in the nuts and fucking headbutts. <laughs> it's the truth, man. Because they're, they're, that's just cheap shit, man. You know? I want to see a competition of skill. I don't see, I don't think you're going to be a black belt by black belt kick, you know, foot stomp, you yeah. know? And also we're here to compete, you know, we're, we're here to compete to win against, to beat one another, but I don't want to destroy your ability to continue fighting right. by shattering your fucking kneecap yeah, with this, with this fancy fucking knee kick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, many fighters have lost a lot of time out of their career. Stephen Thompson, when he fought Darren Till, Darren Till kicked the shit out of his fucking knees so that he couldn't do the fancy uh, Taekwondo kicking. Thompson was out of fighting for a long time, like over a year or more, recuperating from that shit. And then talk about karma. Um, I don't know. I don't remember who Darren Till fought, but he fought someone to kick the shit out of his fucking knees and fucked his knees good. And he had to stay out of the game for a long That's, time because I remember seeing both of them say it, you know, in, in interviews. So it's just those things. I mean, can you imagine uh, a, a huge high profile fight? Let's say Conor McGregor mm -hmm. in the trilogy fight with Poirier and uh, McGregor comes out and delivers a shot to Poirier's kneecap and the fight's over in the first round and people paid $80 for this pay-per-view to see this long-awaited trilogy main yeah. event yeah. and it ends in the first 20 seconds because he destroyed the other guy's kneecap. That's terrible. His career's over. That's like The main event just got ruined and then only then will people say, you know, that fucking knee kick is bullshit. Yeah. Right? I mean, am I making any sense or am I full of it? It does make sense. Yeah. You know, that's the way I see it. It's, it's the same thing with the foot stomp. You know, one day you're going to see a championship fight and one guy's going to foot stomp the other and shatter his fucking toes. And he's done. Dude, you're done. Uh, you, you lost from a foot stomp? <laughs> like, how anticlimactic. What yeah. a way to ruin a great, uh, what would have been a great competitive tournament, you know? Yeah. So for me... Those two moves right there are just everything else. I'm good with you, you know the the leg kick. All right, it's a kick. You're not aiming at someone's kneecap. You know, yeah, that's just that's a whole different. Yeah, that's, that's a it's whole different like ball game. John Jones, I think he's the goat. You know, there's this there's this huge debate in MMA right now after Khabib retired. You know, they called Khabib the goat, um, and then John Jones chimed in with, "Whoa." You know, mm -hmm. y'all need to slow down a bit because I'm the real goat. And he's got every reason to say it. 
He's got every reason to say it. He's been in the game a long time. He has beaten name after name after name and faced every single one of them and mopped all of them. Like, my hat's off to you. <laughs> but like Mayweather, where I'll, I'll acknowledge your greatness, um, I'm still going to hate on a couple of things. John Jones does foot stomps and he does these fucking knee kicks. Ugh. It's and and he does this thing where he keeps his hand like right here with his fingers out. You, you know, oh. those are that that's dirt. You know what I'm saying? Beat me with your skill. Did, but did, did, didn't he like poke a guy once? Yeah, he's he's had quite he, a few eye yeah, pokes. Like, like, didn't he get caught with like substances or something? Yeah, yeah, like he, that got, he got busted uh, more than once. More than once. More than no, than no, once. like bad. Like like he had to like get back his belt. I think right. Right after he beat Daniel Cormier in the second fight, where he took him out with a head kick, um, he got popped for uh, banned substance PEDs. You know, mm. so there goes uh, that. That hurts, that hurts you know? the image. And yeah, man, like you know, for a, a real fight nut like me, it it's hard to comprehend that because I'm an avid. You know, I'm I'm an I'm a athletic addict you, you know like to this day i still play ball and I, I play to kill um but you know the whole purpose for me to play against you is to beat you fair and square so that i can say i i'm the better player yeah so i i know i beat you i could get away with cheating all day long but then it defeats the fucking purpose yeah yeah but in this case you know, unfortunately, I guess there's lots of money involved. So I guess people will unfortunately play. Hey, some some people don't that care. Extra, like, you know, edge to win. Yeah. Some people it, don't care about, you know. It's But it's crazy, though, no. because you know you're going to get tested. Yeah, like, that, look yeah, at, yeah, uh, yeah. You're not, you're not going to. Huh? Uh, Lance, Lance Armstrong? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, that's crazy. Dude. Like, you yeah. your whole career. Yeah, and it was man. crazy, like, because I think there was like a documentary on Netflix. Yeah, I, and, and they did some crazy stuff to like to do. You know, man, documentaries. I, I'm I'm too dubious about documentaries anymore. I don't care where the fuck they're at Netflix or Hulu or wherever, <laughs> because everything's about who's making that documentary. And yeah. and as I've been taught in the ugliest way possible, everything today is manipulated to benefit one side while it, you know, denigrates another. Yeah, you know? for sure. And um, today's media masters are magicians at manipulating anything, anything. Yeah, they can you know? get a five minute video and just show you. 30 seconds of that video and make it a whole other story. Uh, yeah. I was about to say, yeah. you know, one, one analogy I always use is like, you, you guys could be uh world famous uh, YouTubers and you guys can go out and feed the homeless every weekend. Mm. And I can take the video footage of you guys feeding the homeless every weekend. And I could turn it into you guys taking food from the homeless every weekend yeah. and just completely, annihilate your 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 character you know just like that because that's now the world we are this yeah. is this is the truth of everything now you know not nobody is safe anymore yeah. you know uh with 
with the reality of uh, the social media life now in full roar. It's over. You, yeah. you know, um, social social media is now more of a uh, devastating devil that's just going to eat forever, you know, because everyone's always going to use it to destroy everyone, period. You know, uh, the, the new woke cancel fucking bullshit culture that we're in everyone's a part of it everyone whether you like it or not you me we're all a part of it you know um whereas the people on the other side that i disagree with are trying to destroy this company's reputation and business by boycotting it because they might be on that side of the fence i'll do the same to businesses on their side of the fence. So we're all part of the same two, you know, double-sided blade, you mm. know, but in the end, no one's going to win. No one's going to win, you know. Um, I try not to uh, pay any more attention to current events anymore because of just how disgusting it all is because everything's a fucking lie. It's all the hypocrisy now. Um, but unfortunately for me, I still come across uh, snippets of stories here and there of, you know, innocent people whose lives just got obliterated over an accusation that was a fucking lie, you know, just because you're giving certain groups of people so much fucking power now. So everyone's on alert. And if you're not smart enough to know that and be able to get your mind around starting to think that way, then you're going to be a victim of it. Yeah, it's and, true. And it's like that. And and it's it's a fucking shit show, you know? And the only people we have to blame is our fucking government, you now, know? Social media is used, basically, it's, it's a weapon at this point. Social media, you can use it to literally expose or use it against anyone. Like what we were talking about, things out of context or... How do we take this person down? How do we take that person down? Or like what you're, the example you gave about the homeless person and yeah. you're giving them food. It's crazy. You know what I mean? And it's true. Like it, you never really know what's what's biased or not. Everything's biased, I guess. Everything's Everything biased. is biased. You know what I mean? And we saw recently, uh, we saw two documentaries that we talked about here on the podcast. It was uh, that Social Dilemma documentary about what goes into these uh, big tech companies, how they make these apps like Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, uh, I believe like Pinterest and stuff. Mm-hmm. What goes behind that and the amount of information they get yeah. from you, where it's 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 insane. It's um, extremely intrusive. I remember watching, I, th- I think one of the last documentaries I ever watched was um, this one that was, I can't remember the freaking name of it, but it's this dude that ran a graphic design company and he got the idea to want to know what's being done with all of his digital information from social media. And he somehow started tracking it on who's taking possession of it, what they're doing to it. This led to a company in Europe, I think, uh, called Cambridge Analytica. And then it gets to the real point of the movie, which is all about burning down a certain someone we're not going to mention. But because it started exposing how this political group um, purchased the services of this company 
to use their data, mm. you know? And that's when they were um, speaking about how uh, I think um, oil, na natural resources used to be the greatest um, financial thing that you can get involved with. But now um, the purchasing and selling of information wow. has now surpassed everything. Yeah, that's exactly what the documentary talks about, how they don't pay like these um, advertisers that are trying to get in the platform. They're not paying for the platform. They're paying for you, like the person that's going on that platform. If we happen to jump on another app, those companies are just moving. They're just trying to buy your information and they literally track. I mean, how long you're looking at a post, who you're yeah. searching up, how long you're looking at their picture, if you uh, liked it. If they see you're not on for a certain and, amount of time, they, yeah, you know. And, and to me, what's even scarier about that is the inevitable direction of it in the sense that we're still in the age, early stages of these things and they're only going to continue getting more sophisticated yeah. so much to where it's going to get to a point to where there will be developed programs that um, let's say no more than 10 years from now, um, you might be running for president. Uh, very possibly so. You, you may become a huge hit and uh, a political party may recognize the value in your personality. And <clears throat> then by that point in time, those of us on the opposing side of you, um, we could just utilize this one program that will instantly um, uh, collect all of your um, search history. All, yeah, all of your activity in the digital atmosphere from today, every single day on every single app and every single text message and every single phone you've had in its entirety, like, like an open and shut folder that has everything that you've said and done. And much the same way how today, um, for example, sadly, uh, one of my favorite shows used to be uh, Ink Master. Mm. And um, I'll never watch it again because um, it was about these three judges. And I think like last year, um, a story broke about how um, one of the judges, they fired him in, in the off season um, because it turns out that for some reason, somehow, somebody went, oh, do you remember MySpace? Oh my God, yeah. How, how many years back does MySpace go? I mean, I was in elementary school. I'm 24 now, so. Long time. Yeah. Somebody went back to his MySpace days. I didn't even know that was still, uh, is it still running? I guess. That's crazy. Because somebody unearthed some Halloween pictures where he was dressed up a certain way. You're done. End of story. You know. That's crazy. And these things mean nothing. But. What it does show you is that we got enemies where you don't even imagine mm -hmm. and they will go to those lengths to destroy you. And that's now. Imagine 10 more years from now. When there's more information. How much more, more sophisticated and easier yeah. it's going to become to really 
you know, get every single scrap of data from from every hour of your life for the past 20, 30 yeah. years. They said it. They, they say um, in the documentary, one of the executives, he worked with Facebook and then Pinterest and stuff. He thinks that inevitably, if we don't change the social media, if we don't have like some sort of regulation on them or something, like it's going to lead to a civil war. Dude, with the constant division and it's it's over. No, yeah, it's not it's not it's, gonna happen. It's over. Um, when when I was younger, watching the Terminator movies and the Matrix movies, you know, all these doomsday scenario movies, those movies left me like scared, like they should to mm -hmm. anyone. And then in my own rationale, I would think to myself, oh well, but I guess part of the purpose for making these movies is more for the purpose of helping humanity, you know, avoid that wrong turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> avoid that wrong turn? Motherfucker, we went faster into it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, oh, those are some good directions. Let's go in that direction. And funnily yeah. enough, they mention how, you know, how... Everybody says, oh, AI is going to take over the world. AI is going to be like what ruins us. But they were saying how we think of AI like what you're saying, like this Terminator that's going to like shoot us all. But in reality, it's this AI that's in our phones. It's in our computers. Well, yeah. You it's, know, it's interesting because yeah, it's the it's, exact point that you're making of how that we don't think of it that way. But that's exactly what it is. Either absolutely. it's, it's going to cause us to just hate each other even more, which it is. It divides and, us even and, more. And, and I think there's one thing, too, that I think we have to pay more attention to is those deep fakes. The what? It's called the, oh those deep uh, fake yeah, videos. Deepfakes. Have you seen so, those? So basically, what it is like, I can get your face, and I can put Tom Cruise, and you're Tom Cruise now, and and, and that's a big thing because it's like with computers, and it's a it's a you know how they I've like, seen that it, I I've seen it I I remember seeing uh, I think the comedian uh, Bill Hader he does impressions yeah and I and I think um he was on different uh they had clips of him on different talk shows yeah, and, so and, and, yeah, their and he would start he would start impressing like he'd impress Pacino and all of a sudden you see the eyebrows become like Al Pacino and yeah. shit like different factions yeah and, you know? and, and, and that's one thing I think we should like talk more about because that's dangerous well, let's say you want to be the president and you you want like say like oh we're, we're going to war with this country right because because I saw I've seen videos of people that did of, of Trump. <laughs> Or and it was, like, right. was like, wait, wait, is that real or fake? And he can't right. even tell. Yeah, that, you can like basically digitally, you can morph that yeah, person's face. I know, to I know exactly what you're talking about now. Crazy. Um, that story uh, went went by my radar probably in the second or third year of Trump, um, where this one guy with a YouTube channel uh, brought light to it. Mark Dice, he's awesome fucking great guy um does some really good shit you know and uh you know the media likes to completely diminish the validity of youtubers because they're not professional right but they're they're more honest and real than any mainstream media will ever be yeah which is a they're taking over well, mainstream media in a sense too right who, I youtubers mean, uh, i think so I, a lot of I, I don't know about that yet because you see in the sense of views there's there's some really good uh yeah, there's some yeah but mainstream media is a multi-headed monster mm -hmm. you, you know of of infinite uh access and ability so you, you know they're whereas youtube is creating a lot of champions that are accomplishing great feats um 
it's still nothing in comparison to the level of capacity and ability that mainstream media has you yeah, know just that ultimate power yeah, yeah. Ma- mainstream media it's ridiculous you, you know um if there's one thing that they've proven beyond a shadow of a doubt it's just how easy it is to control what you think yeah um one side of our government uh, completely monopolized the use of mainstream media completely for one side of the government to completely assassinate anything on the opposing side. And they're undefeated. They did it. They did it without a hitch. You know, it, it's just one of the main, many reasons why Trump never had a fucking chance because it's one man against the notion. No. You know, you might be incredible and great and powerful and unbelievably courageous you know but at the end of the day you're still one person um trump was the first president i ever seen in my lifetime without a party you know the only time his party had his back is when there was benefits from them for for them you know but the reality is um from the beginning he was completely on his own you know and he was always outnumbered and yet that guy never backed down, never stopped trying. And um, he he's the epitome of the American dream because um, the simplest point that you could ever make that's that, that no one can fight against is the fact that that dude got off his ass and got into a got into a horrible uh, career path of pure mayhem and destruction. Yeah. When he didn't have to, he didn't have to do it. It's, you know, it's the most undeniable truth there is, no matter what you want to imagine about him, because you still watch the news and you didn't get the memo that the news is fucking pure bullshit and poison, you know? Um, That dude did something that he didn't have to do. He's the first president I ever seen who from the beginning said, you know, I'm going to take $1 from my paycheck as president because it would be against the law for me not to accept the payment and the rest of the 400 K I'll donate to whatever charity. He did that every step of the way through, you know, he was clearly never in it for any personal gain for himself. You you know, he went in worth five bill when he started, came out worth less than three bill when he ended, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There were no personal gains here, no, no, no points of selfishness at all. You know, the guy did it because I could be wrong, but I believe he did it because as he's in his, you know, later years in life, as incredibly strong as he is. I mean, the fact that that guy became president at 72 and had the amazing tenacity and courage and strength and energy that he had to survive everything that he was hit with. Um, You know, he just wanted to do the best he could for the world that gave him and his family so much for his entire life that, you know, yeah, that's why he was there to put our interests ahead of anyone else's interests. Because in life, you got to be capable of making the hard call, you know? And the hard call is, yeah, sure. Who doesn't want to save the world? You know, who who doesn't want to end starvation and, and pain? 
But the hard call is that at the end of the day, if you have to choose between saving your brother's life or giving the last piece of food to some stranger because you're trying to be a good guy, you're going to save your brother's life, you know? Yeah. And in the eyes of the world, you might be seen as a bad person for doing so. But the reality is that's the hard call in understanding that not even Superman could save all the people all the time, you know? That's the reality of the hard call. And that's why America was always America forever up until the corruption reached a level that none of us really understood that it was really at. No. But he did. You know, he did. He's seen it. He was the first guy uh, opposing Obama when he became president. And that was when he put himself on the wrong radar, you know, because nobody else would dare, you know, uh, denigrate the great golden angel Obama's name, you know, especially back in his peak of popularity, yeah. you know, but I remember he was, he was the only one bitching and, and moaning. But you see, I believe that he was doing that because when you're on that tax bracket, on that income level, we can't comprehend what that is. You know, we may most likely never be able to comprehend no. what that's like. We're mere mortals, you know, and, and that 1%, 100 million, billion dollar level of people, they're way up there. I'm not saying that they're better than us. I'm just saying that their minds work on a different level. No. You know what I'm saying? Their egos are on different levels and all of the above, man. And um, so when he was hating on Obama, it was because he's at the level where he can see what they're doing. Whereas we're down here, man. We got no fucking clue. The only clue we get is from whatever the media wants to rain down on us with info of whatever bullshit mm -hmm. they want to make it appear to be. You know, it's the art of taking half of the truth and just spinning it all day long in any direction they want. You know, it's it's pure insanity. But, uh, you know, he's seen it. He knew what was going on, you know, just the same way that when it was time for him to sit down with the Chinese, it was time to deal with the Chinese back when he was still president. Um, that was an awesome experience, you know, because I, I remember uh, watching all that go down. And when he finally sat with them um, and he said, you know, it's time to pay, you know, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? he's like, y'all been killing it. You know, you guys have been getting away with, highway robbery for years i'm here now we're gonna have to do real business you know real business is you give me something that's worth what i'm giving you you know and they could not argue with him because that's just how outrageously uh crazy they were getting away with the better end of the business between their country and ours. And the only reason for that was because all of our politicians were selling us the fuck out the whole fucking time, you know? Hey man, look the other way, sign the bills so it's business as usual and your charity will get, you know, this amount of money every month. Why the fuck not? You know no. what I'm saying? What? I'm going to get 100000 a month for doing just a 
come in, I probably would have done it too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's hard, it is, it's it hard is, to... It's hard to say no to money, you know? But at the end of the day, everything has a consequence, you know? And he did that, man, you know? And he stood up to them and that was the first time in their economic financial history where their uh, speeding bullet train actually slowed down. And when you look at things in the scope of what that actually means, you're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars, you know, slowing down. That means hundreds of billions of dollars in income is being lost. Mm -hmm. And when that kind of money starts getting impacted, shit be happening, you know? you will get a fucking target on your head. Who, what? Who's slowing down the money train because there's too many too many hands in the pot. And that's, you know, when, when you're at that level, you got power. You got power to make people disappear, you know? Oh, well, yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, look at um, Epstein is the perfect example. Perfect example, dude. You know, I, I could go... All day. Be I careful. Could... Look, I'm seeing a little red dot. I'm seeing a little red dot. Uh, little red dot. <laughs> I mean, the Ep Epstein is a perfect example of... Uh, you know, you know. Ju just the simple point on that story is... I'm not going to say a name of the party, but <laughs> that party never flexed so clearly to the world. Hold my beer. I'm going to go shut down a maximum security fucking prison in the middle of the day. And I'm going to take out someone who is too dangerous to be allowed to live. Yeah. He was going to, he was going to take everybody down. Apparently. That would have been a wildfire. Yeah. It, and man, that just shows you how many high level players must have been in that dude's, you know, world that he had dirt on that, that they could not allow for the risk of him to be able to live, dude. Wiped out. Uh, but even though they have the hard drives and all that, but it's gone. They, people it's think gone. people it's think gone. they destroyed it by now. Huh? So people think that they destroyed those. Yeah, dude, yeah. Well, the FBI is just it's dirty. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, the FBI is all part of the same group of people. Yeah, yeah, because they they can stop a lot of crimes where they happen, but they just let it happen. Bro, you gotta understand. At the end of the day. There's a fence, there's this side, and there's that side. And the one thing we learned is that this side is fucking savage, ruthless. We're going to get what we got to get, and we're going to steamroll right over anyone that we're going to have to steamroll. And they fucking did. Yeah. You know, they, they shut it down. They walked in. They whacked them. They walked out. It was messy, too. Like Nobody nobody ever got called in or questioned about nothing. The camera was broken. Yeah. Look, the cars were sleeping. There was a 30-minute blackout, and both guards happened to be taking a nap at the same time of the day. <laughs> oh, and all the DNA evidence collected at the scene, it somehow got lost. The black book... We don't know what happened. The hard drives. The hard drives. Where, Where do they go? So many different elements and then the of the autopsy, puzzle. Right? The autopsy. And they're like, oh, that's not from Dude, you know? self strangulation. And, and of course, nobody would get fingered or called in or questioned because 
they could not allow any room for anyone to be questioned because if one person were to be implicated, boom, there goes the house of cards. So it had to be that solid. It had to be that clean. I would have loved to know who's on that black book. Are the hard Everybody. drives? I, God, I was like, please. I've heard. That. I mean, an obvious one is like Bill Clinton. Some, a lot of filmmakers. Uh, Woody Allen. Dude, you got to understand something. This dude made his fortune off of that, and he got away yeah, with. I don't know how he got rich? He got he got away with that. I think it was just for, blackmail, right? It must yeah, have been yeah. He, blackmail. he he blackmailed some guy, right? Well, uh, he was. That's 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 what his business was. Yeah, you know, like, if, if you two became hot YouTubers and I was him, you know, oh, those kids are hot. Hey, send him a message, man. Yo, man, we're inviting you to this private island party. And when you come, you're like overwhelmed. And hey, cameras on site. Oh, yeah, but it's just for your safety. Nothing gets out. But by the way, anything, anything from this age to that age, any drug, it's all, it's Fantasy Island. Knock yourself out. And then afterwards, you ended up in some uh, questionable circumstances. Eyes wide shut party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. and then, you know, I come knock on your door one day. Hey, listen, man. You know, I don't know how this shit got out, but but I got it. So don't worry about a thing. I got you. Just give me all your money. And then from that point on, cool. you're in my pocket. You know, and and they would yeah. just get favors every now and then when they needed it. I mean, that's. It's it's way further than that, but that's the basic gist of it's how big it names. Works. I mean, they, in the Golden Globes that one year, uh, Ricky, you know Ricky Gervais, Gervais, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was great. Yeah. He threw, he shot him down good. Everybody was, was like, was uh, you know, as much as we love to regale these particular individual moments that were able to occur, it's still completely insignificant yeah. because it'll have no impact on anything. Reality yeah. is simply what, what it what is. What was funny yeah. was that when he mentioned his name, every celebrity and their, their asses clinched. Yeah. They got yeah. so fucking you know, scared. I, the one, one question I'll always have about superstardom is why is it that when people go from our level to that level that level, um, their sexual preferences have to become so, um, you know, just odd, odd and weird, bizarre. Yeah, but I, I, you know? I, I, think, I think that's what it is like when you have so much money and power, you feel you can do whatever you want. And I feel like that—that's what they kind of like. I talked about off. this with. Uh, so, like for example, let's say you're you're a big time celebrity. You have all the power that you can't be touched. And, yeah. and, and you feel like well that's how you feel when yeah, you're a big time yeah, celebrity you you, like you're you living like a god yeah, yeah you know? and you can do whatever you want and yeah. there's no price to pay yeah, yeah you know yeah. You, I you, talked about that with uh, a last guest that I had he went on a full rant about that and he he says it's like a power high where you yeah, can just sure I could see that of where course. what's yeah. the next thing that I okay I've done this what's the next thing I do where can give me that power high that it's, I'm able to do I can afford it but I get away isn't with that it. the truth of of life in general you know yeah. it's always about the next rush you know right now your rush is getting the is to see about maybe this could become something mm-hmm. awesome you know what I'm next saying that Rogan. yeah you know what I mean. And then once you get to that point, there's going to be another challenge, another rush, yeah. you know, like, and it takes one offer of a lot of money and then 
Next thing you know, you're not really in control anymore. And then, well, now you're talking about Joe Rogan and Spotify, <laughs> you know, yeah. which, hey, good for him. Um, you know, I used to like him a lot more than, than I do now. But, you know, hey, I got no hate against anyone who gets successful doing what you money. do. You know, he, he's got my dream job. You know, he gets to yeah. commentate for the UFC and he gets to be right there in the yeah. mix of, of these great moments between fighters at fights. You know, like, man, that that's that's a dream. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And he got, you know, a super popular podcast, you know. and He's like this age is like Howard Stern. Yeah. You know, Howard Stern for like XM Radio and then for podcasting, which became the new thing. It was yeah, he's, it, Joe he's, Rogan. Like, so you're obviously like staying away from the news and everything, right? As as I mean, I I, I stay away from it as much as possible. Um, I, I'm I'm on YouTube a lot, you know. Like when I go to sleep at night, I, I like to watch because it, it's just a bunch of different things that you can always see, you know. So are you watching any movies or shows? That I'm not- a show guy. I love shows, you know. But you know, I haven't found a show to watch in a Have while. You see Game of Thrones? Yeah, of course. What do you think of the final season? You know, everybody wants to hate on it because it's just, I think, in people's nature to always want to fucking be negative. I think maybe it's because deep down they just hate the fact that the show's ending, you know? But um, I, I'm okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody hated the way it ended. I mean, sure, it wasn't perfect. You know, I wouldn't mind to have seen Cersei get hers, no, but, you know? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. You're going to tell me Khaleesi forgets about the Iron Fleet? Like she, like, cause, and, and if you watch, it was like after the episode. This fucker knows details good, doesn't <laughs> he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was after the episode, the writers, and they were talking about how, oh no, like Danny just forgot about the Iron Fleet. Like, yeah, when they get ambushed and the, when the dragon when dies in the ocean. Yeah. Right, 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 so right. So their, their way but, of thinking but, was but she, she forgot about him. Um, well, yeah, because some bullshit went on with the storyline where, you know, she was distracted. You know, it, it was a stra- it was part of the strategy it, from, from <laughs> no, not, not to forget. It was just something unexpectedly occurred somewhere else that, that drew their attention away from that. I think I, whoever who, who planned her battles should be beheaded because that guy did it. <laughs> I think it was Tyrion. <laughs> it wasn't Tyrion. Her, it was, yeah. her he, got, he, he, he got, got shit for it too. Like, he got shit for it. Tyrion was pretty bad. Okay. Oh guys, game plan. Zombies are coming. Let's send good 10,000 men to charge but at dude, him. dude, come on. You know, it was a cool like, scene. It was a cool but, scene. But I mean, well, just, it doesn't you make know sense. what? When you, when, when you just, just take it when, in. When, just when, accept it. When, when, when you can uh, say that a show was great enough to bring zombies out in the fucking... What what, what era was that? What do you call that? The Viking era? It, it, I don't it, even know. I, I don't know what era you call that, too. I don't even know. Right? The, Game the, of Thrones the, era. The, the medieval times? The, the, the knights and... Sh- the medieval times. You know, yeah. when, you, when you can create a show that's got zombies back then, you can't lose. You <laughs> like, can't lose, no, man. It's like, funny because... I don't she, care. I don't <laughs> care. You put zombies in the medieval time and it was badass. Okay, okay, <laughs> well, you're going to tell me you have a big castle, good walls. Let's have 5,000 men in front of the castle with spears. And, and there's like 100,000 zombies charging yeah. at you. Just put them over the wall. It's, 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 it kind of relates to what you were saying about Endgame. About yeah, that scene. exactly. It's, it's yeah. like, it was, you know, it's you got yeah. to keep the story going. So, so there's going to, there's always going to be parts details that you're just gonna have to skip over you know all right we're just gonna get through it like that <laughs> yeah you know? I, did you no, like, I'm gonna pay no attention to that did you Except like aria 
Did you like Arya start killing? Um... Yeah, man, the way she pulled that fucking move when she came in like that, drops the fucking dagger no, and catches again, it here. It was cool, but logically, where the fuck did she jump from? What do you mean where she? She came she in running. Like she was roof? doing the no, fifty-year no. fucking sprint, man. <laughs> yeah, that bitch was yeah, the flash. What she are you talking dashed, about? She dashed. By what? How many zombies would you say were around Brand? White Walkers. No, but that. But the dude was was he was standing by himself, you know, and he, and he's the leader. He's the baddest of them. So yeah, why are all the rest okay, gonna worry that he can't about, take care of himself? What about John John Snow's storyline? Were you disappointed by that? Yeah, that was a you know that he, he was a that, that that hurt. They announced you know, him as this the guy. The guy character. got fucking stabbed. Came the, back. No, I mean you know just the way it ended, where he got thrown out like a piece of fucking garbage back to the fucking wall, like that's he just, comes back from the dead. They say that you are a fucking Targaryen. You no. have the right to the you throne. They're the like, all right, you can go back yeah. to the, you can go back. Yeah, that that hurt. He was confused <laughs> the whole way. He was just like like a little pussy. Well, I know I'd be confused as I'm. At the end of the fucking show, going to the wall, I'm, like, I'm fucking king, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to go live like a dog without that pussy for the rest me. of my life. He literally went wall, back yeah. to where he began. Huh? You know, he went back to where he began. Kind of, yeah, yeah full circle. The, you know? Which is, I, so, you know, the terrible. The best story, Bran, the motherfucker didn't do shit, just, just like, like go into a wolf and have sex as a wolf. That's all he did. I mean, he was the sightseer, right? He was the one who could see through animals and shit. He had a great, shit. like, ability. I thought his yeah. story was yeah, good, but... Like, no, he like, did. He did. He was pretty useful, man. He he was pretty key and certain. Be a raven. And, huh? Well, to be a bird. He could have oh, helped. Man, this guy's really. You're <laughs> something, ain't you? No, no, no. no last season pissed me off because because there was just so many things. I was like, wait, why are they making this choice? Why is this character doing something? And and the one that I really got upset was we don't get the scene of John telling his sisters his true like name, his true heritage. That to me, I was like, "Oh, you're going to cut away from that." Oh yeah, when he was going to tell. But they ended up finding out, right? Like, what was the red-haired? Star? She was Sansa. a Stark. Sansa, you know, Tyrion told Sansa. That no, 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 no. It was Jon Snow. Jon Snow was there with Bran, Arya, and Sansa, and he was going to tell them all right there. And but he didn't. It cuts away. Yeah, like the the show didn't away. show us their reaction. The, yeah. Like the oh. show just cut away. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty annoying. Yeah. That's pretty. Annoying. I was like, I'll come agree. on, I've been waiting like what? How many years? I would have, I would have liked to have seen their faces. Like, holy shit! That's, that's a know? big yeah, uh, I deal. Still, I yeah. As as much as, Cersei, what's her death scene? The fucking yeah. building fell on the bitch. So much you know, hype like, for she that. She had the easiest job. You know how much she got? She got paid like a million dollars each episode to stand by a window and drink wine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that all she did that, that season too. Like, if I ever want to be like, like in, into Hollywood like, as an actor, my role that one is to be in a uh, NCIS show because that's the easiest paycheck, or to be a Cersei to stand by a window and drink wine. Man, and you get paid a million dollars. That's easy money. I'll take what I can get, but I'll tell you what, man, I, I would have been pretty cool to be Jon Snow, man. He got the bang that the wildling chick, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. Khaleesi. Yeah, he had Khaleesi. that cool dog, the big wolf, yeah. you know, like. Yeah. yeah, he had Khaleesi too. He got Khaleesi too, man. He hit Khaleesi, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he got yeah. that. That's how season yeah, seven. Yeah, right. he banged Khaleesi and he banged the. Came uh, back from the dude. He, he 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 hit the best work <laughs> even though, out there. Even yeah. though that was his, his aunt, his aunt. Yeah. Did you say it. Oh right. Cause yeah, yeah, because they're related. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. no, I mean. Yeah, man, there's going to be some defects here and there, but... Well, a lot of defects. <laughs> what are you gonna do? When you got White Walkers, what are you going to do? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but he was such a badass. See? When you got White Walkers, 
You yeah, got so you got ass. the authority to trump everything, man. You got zombies in the medieval time, bro. Forget about it, man. He Shit. was badass. The Night King was badass. I feel like he just he died. Was, they did a good weird. job, man. They even yeah. took one of the dragons and turned it into a White Walker dragon. Shit. Yeah, like, that was dude, cool. That, that, that was cool. I guess it, like, it was just the way he died. I was like, okay, like that's it. That's the way. Because I, I, I want. I thought he was gonna go out with him, find John. Well, Stark, it came. Thing. It came all the way down to the very last minute. And, and she leaped I don't know where 30 feet in the air To get to that There point. was a lot of commotion <laughs> Buddy was celebrating <laughs> You know what I'm saying Like Damn, Who's this bitch Aria, You know Aria Should be in the fucking uh, um, Olympics Because that That was an incredible leap She dashed And did an incredible leap so you've seen Game of Thrones. Uh, any other big shows that you've... I've I seen some shows that I liked. Um, there was a show called Upload. It was on... I think it was on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's actually a really cute show. I, I liked it. Um, I definitely suggest anybody to, to want to watch Have that. Have you seen uh, Sons of Anarchy? Of course. T- tough show to get hooked into, but it, it, holy it, smokes, it, it, once you get hooked... Burn. It's a slow burn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I still haven't seen that one. I've heard amazing things no, about I, I it, but. dude. It it draws you in hard. Yeah, you know, once you get sucked in, like when when you have a show that you got to go to the work to work the next day, but you end up staying up till four in the morning watching fucking <laughs> you know episode yeah. after another. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, that's a good show. <laughs> yeah, like, like Breaking I, Bad. Did yeah, that to me, you know, I did that on Breaking Bad a little bit. Sons of Anarchy, Game of Thrones. Um, there's, there's a lot of good, there's good shows out there, man. There was a very unknown show called the misfits. I don't know if y'all ever heard of that one. Misfits. No, I haven't you heard you of that should one. look that up. If you know nothing about it, don't learn anything about Just it. Just watch it. Just find it and watch it. I, I, I'm pretty sure you guys will like it in particular. You'll, okay. you'll, you'll, you'll be surprised by it. It's a huh. good show. Yeah. Where is it on? Uh, Prime good, man, or? that's... I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to look it up. We'll have yeah. to look it up. It's on Another some, uh, Japanese channel. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. But um, another good one that you would like, uh, Mr. Robot. I don't know if you heard about that one. Yeah, but you know what? I don't know why I got a beef with that kid, man. The Remy Malik. Mm. Is yeah, it just... with his stupid ass portrayal? I know everyone's gonna hate me for saying this, but man, like, yeah, okay. He looked. Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. He, he, he looked like Freddie. Great job, but man, you know what? I just got really aggravated with that stupid look on his face throughout the whole movie. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'm sad or I'm happy or I'm angry. This is me Wait, angry. Think, this is me. I think, you know, I think you will like Mr. Robot because it's about the one percent. Oh, yeah, everything, okay. everything that we that you like talk about, like you know, the elites, the one percent currency. So it's got nothing government. to do with robots. No, it's actually about hacking and. Okay, so he's a hacker. Yeah, and okay. he, and a lot about uh like. I don't want to spoil it, but it has like with foreign countries trying to infiltrate the U.S., but I, not in the it, Hollywood it, it way. It seems it seems like it's a good show because I, I I keep seeing it around. It's and, and the kid's obviously a, a really talented actor and shit. Um, you know, I just I don't know why you like him more in this one. Yeah, He's definitely I, not a Freddie Mercury. The, 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 the first Christian Slater. What uh, Christian Slater is in as well. Yeah, is in the show as well, and he does an iRobot. Yeah, uh, I like uh, Mr. Christian. Robot, Mr. Robot. Yeah, no, I Robot is the Will Smith <laughs> yeah, movie. You don't want to. You don't want to. You, know. <laughs> oh, yeah. you don't want to see that one. But <laughs> I like Christian Slater. He, he's no, no, he does cool. great in that show. That he's, show to uh, me is um, like there's break, Breaking Bad is up there for me. Obviously, uh, if you I like Robot, is that far up? Mr. Robot is is right, right there. there. If not, 
Pass it. Pass it. It might pass it. It's that good for me. Now, now you're fucking me up. Yeah, it's no, that good it's, for me. It's it's, it's really good because everything you've said right now, uh, it's basically like well, the show kind of went. Like, I, I think about. you'd be hooked into it. I, I think so. How many seasons were there? Four yeah. seasons, short Damn. and sweet. Short and sweet. Like, right. I think season two had what fifteen episodes. Yeah. It was a little I, long, 13. Oh, did you, go, 13. did you guys ever see Animal Kingdom? You probably never seen that Animal Kingdom. No. The the, the surfer family that, that lives a life of that's crime. That's like a TNT show, right? Was it on TNT? I think oh, they would give yeah, it on no, TNT. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't return to my... Yeah, that's on, that was on TNT. Yeah, they were Animal bank Kingdom. robbers or yeah. some shit I haven't like seen that. that one. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I liked it. There's a lot of shows that um, had great runs and, and just... You wish they would have continued, you know? Um, but... Uh, Everybody went their own way. They 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 accomplished success and said, "Fuck it, I'm good." <laughs> yeah, it's very hard for shows to keep that you know just to keep it going for a long period of time, wow. especially like sitcoms and stuff. But the wow. best thing is those shows that they're short, sweet. Like Breaking Bad was what five seasons or something? Was it only five seasons? But twenty five. episodes. Twenty. Yeah, the, the seasons were longer. Uh-huh. Mr. Robot four seasons, ten to twelve episodes a season. That is the only show you, you that know, movie. It's just like movie quality. You know what's crazy? I, I can't find any good humorous shows. Any funny shows? I can't find yeah, no because comedy is yeah, now with comedy. You have to be careful what you say now. You, you yeah. can't not, not, now. You can't say jokes. Uh, oh, that's offensive. That's what kind story. of comedy shows? Like, do you like? What can't fucking remember? It's been that long, huh? Can't Are you remember? into like I mean, sitcoms? I like, like yeah. I mean, I used to like a little bit of anything if it worked. I mean, I see you know. Friends? And like, yeah, a little, little, little too, uh, little too friendly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, little, it was just you need, a like darker humor. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a Seinfeld guy. You know, I was a okay. Seinfeld guy. Like, he was the originator. Um, but funny shows, man. Fuck. I've heard. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's funny. Yeah, you know, I I went through, I went through some. Uh, I was going through a uh, a tough period once. Um, a few a couple years back and you know i had a focus on watching comedy only you know and that was the only show that was able to help me get through wow and um but then i i just um i couldn't take you know like that show starts with Two minutes of talking, and then it's it's to the yelling, and everybody's yelling, yeah. you know. And and I just got I got burned out on on all the yelling because everything was always commotion and hysteria and yelling, and and it, and it burned me out after a while. Yeah. But, but but I think I I got through like maybe the first two or three seasons, and there's a lot. I, I, I liked it. Show. Yeah, I think it's still going. I think they I think brought it back. Going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I had some some episodes in that show that had me breaking a rib. I was laughing really? so damn hard, man. Did you guys watch that show? I haven't. Yeah. I've heard great things about it, but I haven't been able to watch it's, it yet. You know those those early seasons are good. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're good, man. There's there there was this one episode where they 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 had a trailer and they do some shit and uh, Reno's fucking, a good one too. Reno nine one one. Yeah, it was a little over the top for me, yeah, but <laughs> but it, it had some funny stuff. I, I remember enjoying. Now. Funny movie, uh, Step Brothers, my all time, oh, probably yeah. one of my all time favorites. Yes, yeah, you, know, you can't go wrong. Right? How about my wings? <laughs> you know, and, uh, it, it's funny because, um, um, you know, I'm always on YouTube just watching shit on YouTube. So now I'm on this uh trail of the, there was a show called East, Eastbound and Down. Oh, oh with Danny McBride, yeah, Danny McBride, yeah. Danny McBride, yeah. yeah. 
And oh my god, Will Ferrell plays this Ric Flair character. (laughs) Fucking death, man. He is like that fucking guy is hilarious, man. He's holy smokes. I can't believe just how funny that guy is. He kills me. Have you seen um? Because uh, Danny McBride is funny, man. Danny McBride, he is, Will man. Ferrell. That that there's a certain group, but like, he made a fucking movie, dude. That was so bad that <laughs> um, you you would tell your worst enemy to watch it because that's how fucking Danny weird. McBride or Will Ferrell. I think Danny McBride. Was it Your Highness? No, it was called the. I think it's called the Foot Fist Way, where he plays a karate instructor, oh. and it's one of those dark comedy kind of things but it doesn't hit the mark of comedy at all it just stays in this weird fucking pointless vibe you just feel nothing yeah and you're just yeah you watch the whole movie you're like did i did i just watch that whole thing i want to kill something (laughs) yeah i think the last good dark comedy we watched was the the art of self-defense the art of self-defense yeah with jesse eisenberg done it my kid was just fucking telling me that he watched it. And he that was, like, that no, was that, good. No, yeah. it's funny. It's, it's, it's kind humor. of like the opposite I, of what you just said about the Danny McBride. It's, yeah. It, and, you're and, trying and I to know find it's one spot. of those weird movies, but now it that, it. that's it. I'm, I'm fucked. I got to watch it. Yeah. yeah no, and no, 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 it hits guys, the spot that you're looking for. You yeah. know, where we were watching it. We're like, wait, is this movie serious or not? No. But then it starts being funny. And I then, was, you know. I started watching it one night because that kid's kind of intriguing to me, you know? Even though there's something I don't like about him anymore, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but I was like, all right, that looks pretty interesting. I'm going to watch that. And then I started watching it and it just started having that dull monotone fucking tone yeah. of pointlessness to it. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I, I, I can't, in the immortal words of a friend of mine, well, someone that we hung out with once, I was like, I can't take another loss, man. So I, I didn't have the courage to see it through, so I backed out of it. Oh, you got to finish but, it because it picks up. It, it it starts off very eerie. You're kind of like, okay. Just stop. Just stop. And it's, then it picks up. It's on the hit list. Yeah. I, I've officially got something to watch. I think the last one I saw in theaters that was funny was Game Night. That was I the like last Game Night. One. You know, Game I Night was, was cool. surprised. Yeah, I, I, I actually. I it, like, it, was, it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was better than I thought it would be. Yeah, same here. I, yeah. Like, I don't know why I didn't want to like it. I just found something pompous about it. But, you know, I was like, yeah, you know what? I hate to admit it. It's kind of funny, <laughs> you yeah. know? And that whole yeah, one that take good. thing was cool. Huh? That whole, like, that, that one, they had, like, a one take scene in that movie when they had the ball. It was, like, an With egg the egg, or when they're at that rich party and they got to steal that egg from the house or uh-huh. something. That whole shot that, that whole was done was in one take. one take. It was, like... It was funny, but it's very rare for a comedy movie to actually be shot really well, you know? Yeah. Well, that's that's what made Step Brothers so fascinating because it was all improv. You well, know? I, uh, and and yeah. they, they created that strategy to make that movie Super from, bad. from Talladega Nights. Because it's in a Talladega good one, yeah. Nights, yeah. The, the, the famous dinner scene, um, the, they, they just decided, all right, you know what? Instead of having a script... Everybody knows your character. This is pretty much the theme. Go, you know, and just go with whatever you you think your character. That's when you get the best stuff. And yeah, and it worked like gangster. And you know, because that was such a successful part of the movie. You know, the same creators when they came together for Step Brothers, like, let's just go the whole way like that. You, you know, what what what's the theme of the scene? And go, boom, you know, and. I've wow. seen some behind the scenes. I was showing it to Josh and 
uh, I forgot the actress's name, but who plays the mom, the uh, Mary Steenburgen. And she was talking about how she was so nervous to go to work I all the time because yeah. she would show up and then you're never prepared with Will Ferrell and yeah, uh, what's his name? You know, um, uh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Because there yeah. was that one scene where the dad is like pulling out of the driveway and he was like throwing a bike on the car and jumping like all improv. Like they're yeah. always keeping you on your yeah, toes, yeah, 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 but it makes it it, it works. And uh, not both, just comedies, both, but movies both, in general. Both the, the, the father and her, they, they both felt like, oh, I can't do this shit. These guys are natural comedians. We're yeah. like serious actors. Like, we don't do that shit. But it worked. You know, it was. It works in, in movies in general when you can, you got to let actors be sometimes. Like in comedies and also in uh, more serious roles. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've seen Joker. Uh, with yeah. jo- Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. Yeah. a so. lot of the, you know, the, the bathroom scene, which is like the infamous, that's like that everybody's favorite improv. scene. That was completely improv i mean it wasn't in the script at all yeah like because they 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 were struggling with that bathroom scene and and the uh what's his the todd phillips todd phillips he has the the soundtrack he played that song that you hear in the scene Uh and while he started dancing that's so he started just doing that and then and then yeah because i i love i love the backstories on things you know like i'm that way with music too man I'll, i'll hear a song and i'll be like how the fuck they did they come up with that story? You know the lyrics yeah. and what was that from? You know, like that. That's what's intriguing to me. I, I love the backstories, man. Yeah, because you watch and you think, oh, these people know what they're doing all the time. And in reality, do, like, do you have not- do you have like a favorite uh, trilogy or like a movie? Um, I mean, I I'm a big fan of the Godfather movies. Mm. Yeah, those are great. And um. Uh yeah, there's just so many. There's tons, tons, man. I I I grew up on TV. I I love movies and shows and stuff, you know. But you know, I'll tell you something funny. Um, talking about movies and shit. Um, I think that whether you like it or not, uh, a great trilogy worth watching is the Godfather series. Yeah. Um, because it's perfection. Um, those first. Two. Yeah, no, it's it's all of the above. But um, that was something that I had watched since I was a child. And, um, you know, I, I watched it throughout my life. And then um, probably like a hot minute ago, back in my early years at my shop, um, like five or six years in, you know, when things were still fucking really slow, you know. I had this one summer where <clears throat> I started watching. I decided to go ahead and start watching it, you know, from, from the beginning, Godfather one, two and three. And, but by this time I was grown, you know, I was already, you know, an, an adult, you know, and I don't know, late thirties or forties. And, um, wow. You know, like, what a contrast. I, I, I couldn't help always being impressed and surprised by all the nuance and, and, and the level of difference that, that I was learning and picking up as, as I was watching it now as a full adult, you know, and I was watching it every day. Like some days I'd get 40 minutes in, you know, I'd watch 40 minutes of mm-hmm. it. And then the next day I'd watch 30 minutes of it. Then the next day I'd catch an hour of it and, you know, I was just watching it in parts every day, you know, until I finished the first one and I went through the second one. And, 
you know, and it probably took me like, like maybe like three weeks, <laughs> you know, cause the shit was that long. But, um, it's like I could, I could teach a college course on life just through the use the, of those of movies, those three movies in yeah. particular, because they really, really, uh, can allow you to explain human characteristics and psychology and and the difference between what makes this an incredible image to to want to follow and and this why you wouldn't want to be like that yeah. and so forth and so on just 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 a, a real fascinating and and what makes it more impressive is that it's from the late 70s yeah. you know it was started in the late 70s so um it's just funny how things happen yeah. you know um, how uh, Al Pacino, you know, was a nobody before that movie, and they had all these big names that they were trying to get for the starring role of Michael Corleone. And, you know, man, everybody just fell through. Everybody wanted more money or some bullshit. And, and, and you know, back then everything was on a fucking budget. And, you know, Coppola was like, no, fuck it. I want to go with this kid, you know, this unknown, you know, yeah. and, and they rolled the dice on Pacino and like, you know, no homo, but <laughs> I, I got a man crush on that motherfucker through that movie, man. Cause he's amazing. He, you know what? Damn. You, you hit, you hit it. Perfect. You know what? The way you just said it, it just captures it in perfect. He was amazing. He's just yeah. amazing. You know, They're just his mannerisms, his characteristics. How the guy always kept his cool. He was always very cool, very level-headed, very in control. Never loses his temper in front of anybody. You know, very rarely was it until like um, the third part. You know, where he kind of explodes and loses his temper in front of people once. You know, but great shit. Yeah, we I I, cause I I never watched them, but then we saw them. Uh, yeah, not that long ago. We actually just we did a podcast on it a few weeks ago on talking about the whole trilogy because he saw them for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I saw them for the first time. Oh, you seen the the three movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like for the very first time, I never. I mean, it's watching... it's slow. No, no, you know, no, no. It's no, it's, it's a little. Do you slow. struggle like sitting and down for three hours watching a whole movie? Is it hard? Um, I know a lot of people. It's hard to sit, especially. Part I, yeah, two, part I two. mean, you, you got to be into it, you know, yeah. to yeah. to be stuck down for that long. You know, especially like like part like two. the Lord of the Ring movies were always like super long. You know, yeah, they're all like three hours. Those are epic. Those are just. Yeah, I mean they they were fascinating, but but it is pretty heavy to sit. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's a long time. You know. Yeah, but when I first saw The Godfather, and when Part One ended. I was just a whole day just thinking about the Godfather. I was like, I want, I just want, to, I, I want to sit again and watch part two right now. Like, I just wanted to go watch part two. Part two is the best part. It, it was just, it, like, it is the, the best way, part. Like, when part one ended, I was just like, I was in my head, like I was working out, doing whatever. I was just mm -hmm. like the Godfather in the back of my mind. Yeah, and, and all the film movie, courses, and, and just the way like it captures the family and the, like each character and that world. I was like, dude, this it feels, it felt like real. It felt like I felt like I was in that world. They did a phenomenal part. job. It was, it was any film class that you huh? go to, in any film class that you go to, they say like you watch, you study The Godfather, like yeah. you study that. Those yeah. are the like the perfect movie to watch. You it, dissect the script, that, watch yeah. it. It has everything yeah. that you need to learn. It was just incredible. in there. It was yep. an incredible film. It was it's, just everything about it. It was like it's like, dude, how how can you make a perfect movie? 
And that's a perfect movie. It happens. It happens. And I, even I, in part two. You, you know what was another perfect movie? Not not to get off the subject, and, it, and it's a completely different kind of movie, but it was actually pretty damn good, and I'm sure you'll know it. You guys seen it as a kid. I guarantee y'all see I'll put money that y'all seen this movie. Major Pain. Major Pain. The Wayans guy, bald-headed guy, he's the black soldier. Oh, oh is my it, God. was it with Damian Wayne? Yeah. And he's a, he's he's the military. Yeah, he's the military. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Flick. Yeah. But really good movie, man. Funny, funny kids, you know, man. Like uh, I thought it was a, you know, it was just perfect, you know, pretty plain and not nothing dramatic or anything, but it was yeah. just a well done movie from A to Z. It just worked the whole way around. There's certain yeah. movies that they just work. You Have know? you seen yeah, like, exactly. like any like Stanley Kubrick films, like they like The Shining or? Uh, yeah, you know Space what? Odyssey? I I I um, a few years back finally rewatched The Shining and and it was good. The way know? I see like Stanley Kubrick is the fact like. His mind was so ahead of everyone else during that time, because it, I I watched uh, Doctor Strangelove, and that's old, right? Yeah, yeah. is that with Peter Sellers? I yeah, that he plays so. like both characters. Yeah. It's like in the sixties. It wasn't it in black and white. Yeah, yeah, right. What was that movie about? It's like a dark comedy. Yeah, it's a it's black a comedy, comedy about. I think there's like a Cold War going on, and it's basically this. It's a satire on like governments and. It's it's a it's kind of like a bash at governments and how yeah. they work during a cold yeah. war yeah. and it's really it's it's funny because you know it's, it's like oh the over the top general and but right, it has right, something right. to say you know what right. I mean it's yeah. it's really and, interesting. And I remember I was watching that movie I was like man this comedy that he has in this film that comedy didn't start until now with Marvel and I was like man he has comedy that's like modern what, from Strange Love. Yeah, like like yeah. it had it had very like modern comedy. His like, man, style very weird. I was like. It was like his mind was just so ahead of oh, you're else. Oh, you're meaning on how they're mixing in lighthearted comedy with deep, serious themes at the same time. Yeah, like time. that satire. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like his style. Yeah, Mar- Marvel was... definitely uh, captures that perfect. You yeah. Know? And, and now DC's, you know, copying the, the, the same yeah. mind. Yeah. And that's me. And I was like, when I watched that movie, I was like, man, like, it, it felt like, it felt like it, it, he made that movie now. But he just put black and white. Yeah, you see his movies, and you it doesn't feel like from that era did, of time. Did Kubrick made I he made Eyes Wide Eyes Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. Right? That was his last yeah, one. Was, that was his and last and one. that one was crazy because he uh, did he did he die after? Was it so or? he had um the you seen the movie right? Uh, Eyes, Eyes Wide, Wide Shut. Shut? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the movie is like what two and a half hours long? Something. It actually got cut. There's like a whole other hour there, there, that there got was cut like back. Thirty an hour. Um, cut. That was gonna go into deeper I, into and those you guys parties. Seen the uncut version? No, no one knows. It, that, so that's that's where the conspiracy comes in, right? Oh. So Stanley Kubrick was heavy on um, just kind of like just he was always raw and authentic, and um, and he did Eyes Wide Shut. He wanted to be NC seventeen, but he couldn't. But that movie's pretty like it's pretty graphic for what it is, yeah. right? Yeah, and a, apparently the story was going to go deeper. Um, I don't know if you remember the scene with some of the guys. That guy that owns the clothing shop that Tom Cruise's character goes in, that his daughter was at one of the parties and she got in trouble. And the guy was yelling at the guys for flirting with his daughter. But in the next scene, like later in the movie when he sees them again, those guys paid him. And they were with the daughters. Like the, the Tom Cruise sees the daughter with the two older guys and the mm-hmm. dad was okay with it because they paid money. So apparently the movie was going to go into these sex parties mm. to a higher level of where these elite guys that were chasing Tom Cruise's character, mm-hmm. like, cause he was there. 
Right. It was he was gonna go back to find his daughter, and it was actually gonna go into the level of like that pedophilia stuff hmm. of underage girls, very similar to too close Epstein. to Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, so apparently that was it was too close. And this is where the weird part starts coming in. Uh, Stanley Kubrick dies of a heart attack. And then that... Are you trying to insinuate there's a connection? <laughs> and then when before the movie came out, there was a screening. And then he died of a heart attack. And then that last hour or so got cut out and it was never seen again. And it was rated R instead of uh, NC-17. You never know. You might be on to something. That's, that's what's around that's, the internet. That's uh, like... Um, I heard a pretty bizarre conspiracy theory... Re, uh, surrounding uh, the the Chester, um, the the lead singer from Lincoln Park. What was it? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Chester something. Chester something. But yeah, of course. Yeah. Right? And 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 his buddy Chris Cornell, who died the year previous by suicide. There was a story about how um, they were going to blow the, the the lid off a pedophile ring in, mm. in Hollywood, and. Uh, Suddenly, you know, Cornell ends up committing suicide, and then a year later, this guy commits suicide. That's know? interesting. So, That's another big. Uh... Oh, I, I mean, who knows? Like, you know, when when famous people, especially rock stars, you know, commit suicide, like um, that just blows my mind. You know, because as being someone who's never had fame or fortune, I'd love it. I ain't, I wouldn't shy away from it, you know? Um, especially now because I have a lot more confidence about myself. I, I know that I, how I would handle it basically, you know, like, it, I mean, I, I think I see it as a pretty simple feat where, you know, if I'm that famous and rich, well, when I don't want to be recognized, I'll just wear a fucking disguise, <laughs> you know, yeah. slap on a beard and dress like shit and, yeah. uh, you know, just go out, you know, and not be disturbed at how awesome it is, you know, but um, world famous people with all this money and then they commit suicide like, damn, dude, like, I just, I, I can't wrap my head around it, but as someone who's experienced some of the things that can make you you know, feel pretty bad in life. I get it. You know, um, things can be tough. Well, I, we all I go through like, our moments. I yeah. Sometimes the fame is too much. I feel like sometimes you, you, yeah, you, you get to a level where it's I like, mean, when I read, um, Kurt Cobain's story, uh, the, 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 the fame was definitely fucking too much for him. You have no privacy. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and a lot of these people are actually real, real true introverts, man. They, they, they don't like people. They don't want to be around people. They don't like having pressure of, of having to have responsibilities that they have to honor for record labels and shit like that. And in the end, you know, things started to spiral out of control for him. And he was getting sued because he was supposed to be doing shows and he was dropping out of shows and he was getting sued because he was supposed to be putting out albums and he wasn't fucking doing, you know, he just started, it just started to snowball and, and it just got too much for him. And, you know, he just fucking went off by himself and blew it's his fucking head off. a lot of pressure. I mean, when you had that much fame, popularity, whatever it is, it's a lot. And then you're yeah. dealing with the public or the media at that time and all that. And then also for people who... I've read a lot of stories where people like they want it all, right? And then 
what do you do when you have it all and you still feel like that emptiness inside? That's when well, it really. Buddy, let me find out. <laughs> because I'm, that's a big, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, that's that's a problem. That that's an I believe that that's an ever growing dilemma on today's oncoming society mm. because I live my life around the concept of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're never too old to keep having fun. And I'm I'm all about whatever's fun. You know, if you come up with a fun idea, let's fucking do it. You know what I'm saying? You got something fun to do, I'm down. You know, whatever it is, I got a bunch of fun shit I can always be doing. You know what I'm saying? So I, I couldn't imagine myself running out of shit to do because there's so much to do. You know, I like extreme adventures. <clears throat> and tattoos and you, you know like like there's just so much you can do in so many different areas man yeah, yeah. drugs are fun no, just <laughs> you know but uh yeah. there we put the dare logo on the you know like the for schools so <laughs> like fucking that ever worked <laughs> all those little bastards that said no they're all the biggest drug addicts today yeah. man you know no Fuck but these. it's interesting man because and it's true and sometimes like um when you have so much, we saw when we saw the social dilemma documentary. We also saw this. Uh, there's this big movement going around with Britney Spears. I don't know if you heard about it. I was I was watching your uh, show on uh-huh. that, but I I wasn't able to continue watching it. I got busy. Um, but what were you guys talking about there? What's that about? So apparently, um, what was the name of it again? Framing Britney. Uh, it was. Okay. It's on Hulu. Okay. Oh, so that's a documentary. It's a documentary. Yeah, okay. yeah. And apparently, it's this this whole story. You know, I'm sure you remember what happened with Britney Spears, like during that time, right? During that yeah, era. She went off the deep end. She yeah. she she went off the rails. Yeah. Okay. And how the media, you know, again, the media, like we were talking about earlier, how they're like evil, man. They'll bash on someone. Well, they'll take know, someone and. It. But but in 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 that regard, um. That's not so much an area where the media is being evil, where it's more... Insensitive? It, no. It, well, they're insensitive, but it's not their job to be sensitive. Mm-hmm. It's their job to find the next hot story, period. Regardless you know? of yeah. whatever. So that wasn't the media being evil. That was just her... You know, going through her own personal travails and fucking up and giving the media something to fucking go after like Piranha. So you that's know, the you- interesting thing because the documentary actually talks about that in the sense it kind of gives her side of what happened and how at first she, you know, when she became really famous at a young age, yeah, she, she was, loved it. She yeah. embraced paparazzi. Yeah, she, she embraced everyone. She was a natural. She, she was she great. Was, she took to it like a sponge yes. of water. And what when she started going out with like Justin Timberlake and this stuff like that, but then the media started getting personal. Getting um, this is where I this is where I personally hate. You know, there's certain talk show hosts like there's people like Matt Lar and those people. I, I don't know. He doesn't he doesn't work anymore. But where. They see someone so famous and popular where I, I feel like they want to get a reaction out of you on national television. Oh, there's, and there, then they're there, going to play always it, people like that. And yeah. they're going to play it innocent and be like, oh, what's wrong? And then they know they got you. And that's going to be the headline. And I feel like that's what happened with her from what I how I saw the documentary. 
she started going out with Justin Timberlake and the media started covering her extra more a lot a lot a lot they started labeling her as it her unfit as a role model a whore a, you know very slutty because of the way she performed and this and that right and then Justin Timberlake and her like broke up for whatever the reason it's very high schooly right, but right, it affected yeah. her in a huge way it's, it's unfortunate, but you know you gotta have essentially thick, you the gotta media have thick skin, man. Yeah, and that's a, that, that's the problem. Not everyone, and essentially it's t- uh, about how the media just and that's, took her and, off the and deep end. And that's and that's where that big ego makes you weak, you know, because your big ego is as fragile as it is big. So criticism and negativity, your ego, it's it's like you know, the, I don't know what that word, antithesis or something like that. It's the ant. The antithesis yeah. to your ego, you know what I'm saying? That's the that's that's like poison. Yeah, and you know she just couldn't fucking tolerate that kind of shit. Like, oh fuck, people hating on me. Like, but I'm perfect, you know. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's the thing. Though. I feel like she tried because they, they, the documentary is really well done in the sense of uh, the footage they show, uh, interview clips, and all that. And I I feel like it just took a toll on her where she tried to stay cool about it. And I feel like she just snapped, you know, there's Uh, interviews about, they asked her about the paparazzis. I can see why you you could do their paparazzis like raiding the gas station. You know, man, she couldn't even get out of the bathroom. Are they mean? Are they insensitive? Are they assholes and scumbags? Yeah. But they are also their own industry. Yeah. That's, that's how they are making their living. Mm -hmm. That's an industry unto itself. Um, they were offered a million dollars to get a picture of her off guard and, up and, to a million dollars. Of course. Yeah. And who the fuck isn't going to do whatever yeah. it takes to get that picture. But what I'm getting at is that in the game, you know, um, sometimes when we'd be playing paddleball, sometimes some newcomers would try to overstep their boundaries and play against players that were, you know, above their level and we'd shred them, you know, and give them give them a good lesson on why you got to know your place. Yeah, you know. And what we would say is, if you step on, you're fair game. You know. And you know, if if you have the balls to want to be a part of the world famous elite, then you better be ready. Yeah. And you know, the unfortunate reality, as we always continue seeing with different individuals, is. Not everybody's always ready. Yeah. And, you know, she just was, you know, when it came down to it, she she, she couldn't take the heat. Yeah, you know? no, yeah. And, she snapped. And completely. so, you know, I think that's more on her than anyone else because it could be any one of us, you know? It could be any one of us, you know? Uh, maybe the three of us might become super hot stars overnight and uh, maybe I'll start breaking. Maybe I'll start snapping. Maybe I'll start getting fed up with the invasion of my privacy. And you two guys are taking it in stride. You're like, oh man, just fucking go with it. It's like a bad trip, you know? Yeah. So it's on the person. Yeah. You know, it, this is this this comes with the territory, man. Yeah. Fame and fortune comes with the territory. And where it gets really interesting though is um so when that was happening, right, she that's when she shaved her head. It was yeah. a way as just saying, fuck you. This is what you're going to get out of me. Yeah, well, you know, and it's also like saying, oh, well, well, you, you want dirty laundry here? Fucking knock yeah. yourself out. Now, it's like my way of showing you that it's not bothering. But actually, you are showing them that it's bothering you. Yeah. You're showing them that it's got you way out of sorts, much more than what you yeah. want to give away about Yeah, it yourself. was her. It was just like, this is what you're getting now. 
you know and then what where it really gets really bad is they um when all that was going on her dad who wasn't around that much came into the picture and they did that um that the conservatorship 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 that's what it's called where basically is you're mentally unfit to handle any of your financial or business decisions. So he took over her shit. And still is. That's where it gets really interesting. Right now she's, uh, you know, so the documentary goes <clears throat> deeper after that, right? She has that breakdown, but then she kind of has that comeback, right? But during that comeback, she had signed that con- uh, conservators- conservatorship for, so with her dad. She signed over her rights to her father uh, for him to run At her- first it was temporarily. Because they were like, you got to do this, you got to do this, because you, you're not well, you're unfit. If not, then there's not much we and can do for you. And the dad was never around. Yeah, that the dad was always... He was never yeah, he around. Yeah, uh, during her success, he wasn't around. He was just... So what do you guys think? The guy just took advantage of the situation? No, so yeah. this... Yeah, so he comes in with his lawyers and stuff, and at first, at first it's temporary, right? And then they tell her, no, let's make this permanent. And it's... And so during her comeback... They're signing. They're the ones negotiating all her business deals. So that's when she started appearing in a lot of sitcom shows, a lot of concerts, a lot of, uh-huh. and she was making this big comeback. Nothing was her decision, and all, um, a lot of that money was going to her, but it was all controlled by them. Wow. So she had no control over financial. Still doesn't. So as that was going on, um, there's clips of that her kinda, talking. That kind of sounds like what they did. Uh, what the that. Animal Channel did to uh, Caesar Malone, the dog whisperer guy, a, a similar kind of situation where, you know, they, they, they kept the rights to his fucking name, you know? And this is that like times 10 because she literally had no control. And there was a clip that, you know, and she's making a great comeback, by the way. Like her career is good. She has good spotlight. And there was a point where they're interviewing her and she was like almost crying. She's like, yeah, like, all this is here, but I, I, she has no freedom. She has no control of anything. They're telling her sure. what to do. You're a permanent. What, you just you're a puppet. yourself into a permanent puppet employee of somebody else handling you. And she's been kind saying, of like our president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's been saying, yeah. And she's been saying how, like, look, I am good. I am mentally. I can tell you right now, I don't need this anymore. She's been so right now. The movement is about her battling with the courts. Um, and she's slowly trying to get her control back, her like freedom. her freedom, her freedom back. Freedom. She has no control over her financials, Bro, her well, estates. I'll tell you what, man, that's where you touch on the subject where the law sucks dick. Because yeah, because the only way it can be reversed is if the conservatory, which is yeah, her dad, will we'll grant that back to her. Exactly. And, and what are the shot? What it's not happening. That yeah, fucking yeah, 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 it's that, not like, happening. He, he, like her dad has everything: the property, her money. Yeah, yeah. estates. Like, 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 like yeah. who's visiting and, her? Who can see yeah. her? And, just... and why would he give all that up if he doesn't have to? If no one's forcing him to do it, why would he voluntarily do that? So that's basically that, what the, it's all it, about it's right now. It's crazy. It just shows you. That's how, just. It just shows you. That sucks. How That's money? So, so tragic. You it know? shows you how money is. Her dad money, too. That's how, her dad. How, it doesn't matter who you are. It can be even your father. Yeah. Money turns you into the biggest animal. But what makes the documentary so well done is you see it from the start, from the yeah. very beginning. There's clips of her dad, and they were saying how, oh, as long you know, when she's famous, she can buy me a boat. He wasn't really there to see her perform or yeah. see her. It was all about, hey, if you make it, that's money. His mind, because like when she was first starting, she had talent. She can sing, sure, and and it was a talent, like 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 a talent, a talent agent, whatever. And his only thing was the money. 
His thing was money, money, money. He didn't give a shit about the, the father. Yeah, yeah, the father. Yeah, yes. His thing was, oh, how much is going to cost me? How much do I have to pay for this? Right. His, yeah. his thing was always was about the money and never about her. And then when she got the fame, he didn't even care that she was famous and like good at her job. He just wanted her to buy like buy him nice shit, boats, and the money. So to me, that that's, and that's he was never human, That's the human condition, man. And that's when yeah. she had her lawyer. They interviewed her former lawyer, and her lawyer was going to help her with that to like sign the the, con- the conservatorship and all that. But then the dad and his lawyers had him removed, and they put in their lawyer. And then that, and he was like, I can't really say on camera, but that's where things got weird because. Why isn't she allowed to have her own? And then now, you know, to this day, this was like no, wait, early to like two, 2010s, you know, 2012. Yeah. To this day, they're still battling. No, they but, have it. They got it. Crazy. And, no, and, and I think something happened with the lawyer that he was getting like money on the side. Something like oh, that. yeah. So yeah. Money All, on the side. And one day she she had a, a residency in Vegas where she would perform every week. And they were right. getting she was making a million dollars a week in performances. Everybody was going to see her. They were getting that money. But mind you, you're getting all that money, but it's not yours. You don't have control over That's it. That's insane. So how much of that money was she getting? Exactly. And at Jeez. one point, when they announced the residency again for the new year, she got like this big property. She comes out. She was supposed to do a huge interview with the media. And she show. was going to perform for all the fans waiting there. When she came out, she waved at everyone, walked down the carpet, and left in her limo. She And... Uh, like eight now weeks. That's or, a real sweet f you to the world. Yeah, <laughs> and I think a couple months later they canceled, uh, they the, canceled residency. the residency, and then she hasn't. She's been gone. Like she's been off the grid since. Sure. And now she's fighting for. Yeah. She said, "Fuck this! Yeah, I'm not yeah. doing it anymore." I I I think yeah, I think that, she's finally making the right yeah. choice. Yeah. yeah it's a really I, interesting I think, documentary. I think that law is only for like older people who are mentally unable. Yeah. In the end, she finally found a way to win. Good for her. And you, you see like the guys ready for the interview, the media people, they're like, uh, and she's walking and she just went in. And Beauty. Phew. Beauty. You know, all the fans were like confused. These, the, the, a very similar situation happened with, I don't know if you heard about the Snyder cut. The who? Snyder cut. You know, Justice League, the movie Justice League. Yeah. Came out a few years ago. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know if you heard about the Snyder cut. There's a whole movement that happened, um, on Twitter and everything. So Are basically. You Justice League or, like or, 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 um, or Guardians of the Galaxy? No, no. Justice League, the movie. Like Batman, Aquaman okay, that came happened? out. Who, who's Snyder? So is Zack directed? Snyder is the director uh-huh. of... He did like Man of Steel and then Batman v Superman, right? So right. he had this whole... His own MCU, but for the DC universe, yeah. right? So he had his version of the Justice League and he was he filmed it and everything. And then he couldn't finish. He, he had to stop because of his daughter you know, passed away. And then the studio, you know, they, he he left, right? But right. then the studio brought in a new director, a guy from Marvel, uh-huh. and the studio kind of screwed over the whole movie, and they reshot it. They cut out the movie. Right now, is four hours long, and the movie that came out a couple years ago is like an hour and forty. It's a big cut. The one that we seen. Yes, the okay. theatrical version. Yeah. And they basically screwed up his whole vision, right? We never knew this, so. That happened. The movie came out it was a disaster. It flopped. People hated. It. They're like, "What is this?" I didn't hate it, but yeah, I, I wasn't too blown away by it. But a lot of reshoots and the the hardcore fans of Zack Snyder and they've seen his movies. They're like, "This is this is wrong." Like, where's his version? And they started a whole petition, a whole movement on Twitter uh, called "Save the Snyder Cut," and that went on for years. This movie came out what twenty seventeen. 
this, it actually comes out next week. Zack Snyder's version of the Justice League. It comes out on HBO Max. But the studio is denied that, is it. That, is that the movie they've been promoting with yes. Darkseid? Yes. yes. No, but that that's a new movie. No. no. no that's that's why it's called Zack Snyder's Justice League. You, want, you know what? You just answered a question of mine. Because in, in that trailer, there's a scene where I think Wonder Woman is, is talking to Batman. Mm-hmm. And she said something like, I, I never thought the age of heroes would come back or some mm-hmm. shit like that. And, and I was like... Well, if this is the second movie of the Justice League story, <laughs> why would she be saying that if yeah, they're, they're no. a team now? So, so it's it's like a a reboot of the story. It's like basically. So I mean, it looks is, sick. Yeah. So it really looks sick. Imagine dark. The dark seed was never in the original version uh, of like I mean three hours, almost three hours. Of the movie was cut, and the the messed up part is the studio knew this, and fans were saying, "Where's the Snyder? This is not it." This movie's awful. What is this? And the studios denied it. Oh, there's no such thing. It's not happening. <laughs> there's no such thing. And the movement became so big that the studio said, let's just do it. They have HBO Max, the streaming service. Uh, well, I, I find that hard to believe um, as opposed to... It's never been done before. Well, you know, um, there is this other version that never got released and people want to see it. And, you know, why not take advantage of making another couple hundred million? You know, it's already made. So the thing is, uh, Zack Snyder said this, if it wasn't for streaming services, this wouldn't have happened, right? Because then they would have to pay to release it in theaters and this whole thing. They're doing it, but it's coming on HBO Max, their streaming service. So the movement became so big and so, I mean, they had a billboard in New York for it. Like uh, the fans put in money themselves to fight for this guy's vision. Yeah, it's a oh, this something? has never been done before. So well, good. Yeah, and good. Zack Snyder came out like, yeah, it's real. Then the actors started coming out in support of him. Yeah, for a minute there, I thought you were going into the story of um, the director from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Oh, James Gunn. Oh, James no, Gunn. no, no. He just got canceled and then got uncanceled. But that's yeah, just because he's he, that's just he, he was making some jokes about it pedophilia. Was it was weird jokes. Yet again. He got uncanceled. He got rehired. And then we have situations like Gino that, you know. And then they they tried canceling uh, Chris Pratt. For no, mind you, he has no social media. No, he doesn't. He has Instagram, but he doesn't post anything. No. It was before he was, but then then we caught the heat for being a Christian. Yeah. Yeah, They just automatically assumed. He was wearing an American flag shirt. And people automatically assumed that he was. Well. Um, due to the fact that he he's a Christian religious person, yeah, and since that's something that's supported by Trump, you know, it's it just makes you a target. Any it's anything crazy. that aligns you with anything that aligned with him, you know, okay, we got to eliminate you. It's, you know what's a good movie you should watch? Uh, Into the Shadows. Is it Into the Shadows? Oh uh, yeah, no, Out of the Shadows. Oh, uh, out of the Shadows, and that's a great movie because how this, is that? It came out came out a few like a year or two ago. That it's, sounds really familiar no, to me. It's yeah, a documentary was, about was documentary. this stunt guy in Hollywood that he was a big stunt guy. He did like the Matrix and stuff. Then he started he directing. He goes into the witchcraft and all that shit. You see, he was talking. He about talked how, about Hollywood and the Satanism and yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that documentary. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Mind you, they they're I followed him on Instagram and stuff. It all got taken down. Sure. And, and on YouTube, uh, for obvious reasons, right? And, and yeah. on YouTube, I mean, it had thirty million views. Thirty million One, views on YouTube. It's it's all connected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all connected. Hollywood's connected to you know today's political group. Yeah. 
And it's, it's all part of the controlling monopoly, you know? Which... That video got 30 million views on YouTube. And if you tried searching <clears throat> it yourself, it wouldn't come up. You had to get a direct link. I seen, I, I've seen a few different um, videos that came up exposing uh, certain things that, you know, they immediately fucking deep six that yeah. shit afterwards. It's crazy. So, it's 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 crazy and it's the reality of just the power that they have, man, you know, and um like I said, man, <clears throat> it's a shame that 75 million people could not become, you know, a, a unified force, you know, and there's and there's no violence in that and there's not nothing criminal about any of it, you know, it's just don't support something and don't go out and be a part of something. And 75 million people can really make a fucking statement, man. Like, I just can't get over that idea. You know, like how cool would that be? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Uh, the Democrats will fucking take over everything. What? Like they already fucking have it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, they, they, and any opposition they get, they they just fucking they uh, they steamroll it. You know, they'll just get some dirt on you. You know, that's how it is. I mean, we gotta start a movement, huh? We gotta start a movement like the uh, Snyder Cut Snyder Cut guys. You know, well that that's the problem with starting a movement when when you don't have any way of protecting yourself. You're better off not because you start a movement, you immediately become isolated and left out in the cold on your own and you become targeted. That's it. Yeah. But, you know, on the other hand, a movement where people just follow a thought and commit the action of no action whatsoever, that's a whole different ballgame. I'd love to see them scrambling and going, oh, fuck. Some smart ass got this idea of talking everybody into not voting. Now we got to fucking generate a hundred million fake Republican votes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jeez. It's crazy, man. I could see it. I could see it happening. I'll bet they would. You know, listen, it, it's, it's all in their hands. When you have the power that they have, there's just like, just like technology and movies can do anything there's nothing they can't do either. So, you know, but they can't shoot you for not voting. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they can't target you for not voting. And if, you know, so many people didn't vote, they can't attack so many people for not voting. <laughs> they might say thanks, <laughs> but then they're also going to go, hmm, what is it? What if this happens in four years from now, the next election too? What the fuck are we going to do then? Yeah. We just... Let in all these illegal immigrants for nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they don't give a fuck either way. It's not going to bother them either way. You know, they they live in fortresses, privileged fucking lifestyles, you know, separated from fucking mere mortals. So it's all fucking... <laughs> it's all bullshit. I mean, isn't it? Don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Do, do you really see any validity in anything? You know, I mean, we're, it's, I seen somebody posted uh, a picture of a receipt from um, when Trump was still president 
and, and a gas receipt from the same gas station uh, three months later after Biden. And the gas went from, I don't know, a dollar ninety three to uh, two fifty nine. That's crazy. You know, like that's reality. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, that story of eleven thousand jobs just yeah. got fucking shot down. I heard someone talking on the radio how they were saying um, they're so brilliant that they shot down eleven thousand jobs. They shut down our f- first success successful clean renewable energy system. And now we got to go back to purchasing our oil from abroad. <laughs> you know, where does any of this? Be- oh, oh, it makes sense because they're trying to appeal to all the younger generation that they sold on the concept of climate change and the world's going to die in 10 years. <laughs> so look, we're making our mark. You know, we're, we're, we're keeping our end of the bargain. To what point? You just sold us out worse. You just made our life more costlier you know what i'm saying now we're going to go back into debt further uh we're going to make less easier money for ourselves there's absolutely no logic whatsoever but like i said before everything that's everything that makes sense is now fucking backwards you know and uh and and then and then there's what they're going to do to your kids you know the day that you have kids that's that that's a fucking subject you don't even want to touch it's so tragic you know your six-year-old kid will sit on your lap one day and you'll say so junior what you learn in school today and oh i learned how the scumbag white europeans came from their country just to rape and pillage the poor innocent indians and stole everything for themselves for no reason at all wow (laughs) history sure has changed you know but sure shit that's the version they're going to catch, you know. And no more uh, Dr. Seuss books. Uh, yeah, you know, like it's, you know, I remember seeing this give birth to itself. And I remember saying to myself, you, you can't do this because once you open that door, it's going to snowball into hell. And it, everything, the way I seen it happened. Just like that, um, you can't you can't try to sterilize a society without destroying it, you know. Because a society is made up of millions of different types of individuals from all walks of life and all different unique thought patterns, and it is what it is, you know. There's no way to make a hundred million different individuals aligned to one thought pattern. Shit just don't work like that. But guess what? That's where we're at. You know, um, I, I just posted a video from Snowden, Edward Snowden. Mm-hmm. You, put, you seen that video? No. Um, where he's talking about what's coming, you know? How everything's going to be controlled. Everything. It's already starting. You know, they were talking about Cuomo that he's following the the, the Chinese uh, methods of where, you know, if you don't got the vaccine, you're going to be listed. You know, you won't have 
like something on your phone to show that you got it. So you won't be allowed into anywhere. You won't be allowed to fly. You know, yeah, like like the COVID pass. The uh... yeah, all that kind of shit. That's control. You know, I mean, you know, the thought of, uh, well, if you don't get your vaccine by next week, uh, you're on house arrest for life. You're not allowed out into public unless you take this shot. And some people may not want it. You know, some people may not want it. Should should he really be forced to do something that he doesn't feel like doing? How American is that? When was that ever part of the American way? But it's all done now because that's the new American way. And all the more reason why 75 million people should just stay the fuck home, you know, in the midterms and in... I mean, regardless, you know... If you really think about it, it's just such a stupid concept any way you look at it. Because two years from now, the influx of the immigrants will be pretty heavy by then, you know? So their insurance plan will work like gangster, you know? And then four years from now, we're going to be so flooded with immigrants that there's no fucking way we're ever going to see anything other than a Democrat president for at least the next three presidents in a row. By the time you see a Republican president again, he'll be a Democrat operative. <laughs> he will. He'll be a Democrat actor. You know, like, yeah, we, we better give him, we better let him get a win, you know, so we don't look so obvious, you know. All right, you, yo, you know what, guess what? Uh, you're a Republican. <laughs> That's it. This, you're pretty popular. People like you, you know what, guess what? Become a fucking Republican. You're going to win. That's it. The same way they fucking snuck shit fuck president uh, puppet boy into the presidency. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just that's where it's at. You know, and once control takes that level, the highest level of authority over everything, the fuck chance do any of us normal fucking nobodies have against any of it? Get in line or fucking get thrown into the fucking pen. You know, there was a, <clears throat> you guys probably remember George Carlin, the comedian. George Carlin. George Carlin, he always fucking rallied against government. Always. He, he was this kind of a hippie type, you know, and all his humor was always fucking ridiculing the government and, and uh, you know, just denigrating the government. And, you know, but back then he was way ahead of his time and things weren't nearly nowhere near what this is, you know, but he's seen it, you know, and, and now everything that he was talking about is, is now in full effect, literally. So there you go. Kudos to you, George, you know, but just like he seen it and tried to raise awareness, you know, he had popularity and a lot of big shows, comedy shows and shit still made a fuck of a difference, you know? Nobody went and, you know, did anything about it. Everybody just went on about their daily business. The same we are, the same way that we all are doing right now in the way that under our very noses, um, all of our American values are continuing to be sucked fucking dry and sold out, you know, while um, all of the most uh, poisonous 
um, thought concepts are now in full effect and, and growing, you know, they're, they're just, you know, it's an open highway for them to just run rampant and go. There's, there's no stopping it now, you know, cancel culture is in full swing. The social media monsters in full swing. Um, and people don't realize it, that they are all a vital component of that mechanical monster. Is social media a fantastic fucking thing? Yeah, it's awesome. It's super cool. You can do so many cool things with it. And the very same way that people got hooked on Facebook, you know, when you went on for the first time and you suddenly were uh, in contact with names and faces that you hadn't spoken to in years. That's the draw, you know, that, that's the poison, that's the hook, you know, social media, you know, we all use it for a lot of great things. It's a tremendous power. However, what's, what's the old saying in Spider-Man with great power comes, comes great responsibility. How many people are fucking that responsible? Look at all the personal lives that have been destroyed over it. Marriages, relationships, suicides, you know, uh, um, cyberbullying, the whole nine yards, man. You know, because when something is too good and gives you too much power, it's just as beneficial for evil people. And if you were to look at it in a comparison of, all right, 325 million people in America, uh, let's just say 50% are good people using the social media properly and responsibly, and 50% are twisted people who are just doing fucking, uh, you know, nasty shit with it. There's a fucking word, deviant, deviant natured people, you know? Um, well, the evil's always going to overtake the good because it's a influence and influence is the most dangerous weapon on earth. As you just seen the way that the mainstream media took control of an entire population of normal, decent people and turned them into uh, ravenous animals that are triggered at the sight of someone wearing a red hat, you know? I seen it myself with my own two eyes, you know? Um, I was sitting in the parking lot at a mall and I seen this one dude walking out with a couple bags in his hands wearing his hat. And this lady walking in uh, with her two kids got triggered out of control, left the kids at the front door and ran the guy down and started screaming at him and pulled his hat off and shit. Wow. And most likely... That's a normal, mild-mannered woman who's probably never attacked anyone in her whole life. But that's the sheer veracity of the power of the mainstream media. Feeding poison to an unsuspecting public every single day. You're, you're just being fed. And then it becomes an, an addiction. You, you got you, you to get your daily dose. You know, I got to get my daily dose of, of Trump hate, you know. And, and sh- all I got to do is just turn on any news channel at any hour of the day, I'm going to get it. Within five minutes, I'm going to get my daily dose. And what's really funny, 
um, I, I, I conducted a little social experiment on my own <laughs> when I did a, a Europe tour a couple of years ago. Um, and I intentionally wanted to watch the news. I, I was in Italy um, and France and Denmark and Amsterdam. Um, maybe another place I can't remember offhand. But I intentionally wanted to see the news to see how much Trump news there would be. Wow. It's all there was. It's all there was. What the fuck does Italy give a fuck about Trump? <laughs> but yet five minutes in, oh, then Trump, blah, 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 the devil. You know what I'm saying? And what's really even funnier is that the, the versions of the stories that they would get on the other side of the world, you know, what they were getting, like the stories being reported here locally were already retardedly fucking stupid filled with lies their versions would be lying on steroids, man, just absolutely to the point of absurd, you know, but there you go. You know, it don't matter because what's the one thing that they know that, that, that they don't even got to worry about banking on. And that is people are stupid. They're inherently lazy. No one's going to research shit. And everybody believes the news because everybody grew up on the news End of story. So they got you, man. It's like sh shooting fish in a barrel. You know, it's too fucking easy. And there you go. You know, anyway, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was a good rant right there, man. That was powerful. Was it? <laughs> that was powerful, dude. That was deep. I don't know, man. Deep. I mean, I got tons of that shit. <laughs> but like I said, what's the point? <laughs> Alex, man, uh, we're, we'll probably wrap it up here. We've yeah. we've been on for a bit, yeah. man. It was how great. How long has it been? It's 12.07 now. Oh, wow. Yeah, we when you're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, if you ever want to come back on, you're more yeah, than welcome. I'll fucking bring my kid on. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about MMA shit. Yeah, let's know? do it, man. And um, talk about how, you know, if... If anyone, because, you know, I, I think that a good show is just a, a thought, you know, um, but it, it, a, an interesting show could be on um, how anyone can follow their dreams, uh, even if you wanted to do your own podcasting, you know, podcasting is is the new thing. It, it's It's probably... The easiest way to start, if you're trying to start doing something, it's it's the most liberating because you're 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 running by your own fucking rules, you know. However, you want to do it, and um, it's like many things, you know, something that I've always wanted to fucking do. You know, I just got such a long list of things that I wish I would have done and never got around to doing it, you know. But uh, there's there's tons of good shit to talk about, man, and uh, yeah, I fucking, pff, I got shit for days. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, so we you know, maybe, maybe we could talk about that stuff, and you for know, sure, dude. you could be the ones telling us, like, yeah, well, you know, because on one hand, you don't want to tell people how to be your competition, but on the other hand, there's not real competition because your content is unique to your own brand of what works for you. And I don't see podcasting as competing with one another because the kind of thing that your neighbor is doing podcasting has got nothing to do with you're doing with what you're doing with your podcast and the guy next to you and so forth. I mean, that's, I think that's what makes podcasting 
so interesting and, and unique, you know, and, and attractive, you know, because right, you can't be copying what the guy next to you is saying, you yeah. know? Everybody's got their own shit to say. You can, you can collaborate with each other, right? I can go on this person's podcast and everybody helps each other, if Dude, anything. you know, I've always said, together we work better. You know, that that's always been my motto in life. Um, I, I live by the uh, concept of the more you give, the more you get. Um, like, I just bought myself a crazy toy. A very stressful, expensive, crazy toy. Um, and my one friend who's a mechanic, oh, you're losing your money. You're, you're crazy. You're stupid and this and that. But he doesn't understand that I'm not into it for the money. You know, it, it's a hobby that I purchased and it's something that I've always dreamed of having and I never thought I would be able to have and, and now I can afford to have it and I have it and... And now I want to max it out. You know, I, I want to take it to the highest level possible, you know? Um, oh, you're never going to make your money back and this and that, you know? And so, you know, maybe I paid more than I should have to get it, you know? That's okay, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, I got what I wanted. And as long as you get what you want and you like what you have, then that's what it's about, you know? Oh, the, oh but the money, the money... If you work, then you'll never have to worry about money. You know, it doesn't mean you're rich, but it just means you can afford your shit, you know? So as long as I know that I'm always going to be a workaholic, then fuck the money. You know, if I got a, you know, uh, I broke down and a tow truck had to pick up my shit and, and deliver it home and, and it costed bread and I gave the guy a $40 tip, that's all right. You know, when, when the tow truck driver was, was picking us up, picking up my shit, you know, my, my friend was trying to negotiate him down. I'm like, ah, I don't want this fucker to leave me hanging here. You know, what I'm just, I'll pay it. I don't, you know, just pay. If you can afford to do it, do it with a smile. And, you, you know, and if, and if you can afford to th throw a little on top extra, if it's worth it, do it with a smile because as long as it's coming from the right place for the right reasons, it's always going to come back to you. You know, we were actually on a little bit of a slow period. I paid all this extra money. I didn't have to, but I did it for, because I wanted to, because I had faith that it would come back to me. Yeah. I had a couple great fucking days and it came back. Doesn't always work that way, you know, but as long as your faith is strong, you know, and your spirits in the right direction, then the right shit keeps working you know wow that was a great <laughs> i keep talking too much shit. You know, i love, I love how you went from uh everything sucks the government and like fuck everything to hey everything's because, gonna be okay because personal hobbies is what it's about it's, it's kind of going back to what we were talking about in the very beginning of how you know Everyone is going to be controlled and everyone's so dependent on this and that and social media, you know, and the fame and fortune and, you know, it gets to be too much and, you know, you just don't know what to do with yourself. But if you, if you have hobbies, like real honest to goodness hobbies, then you always have something to fill your life, some content to fill your life with, you know, it's about content, searching for that constant 
ever search of content. You know, like your job is to search for content to keep feeding this baby that's a baby right now. And hopefully someday tomorrow, it's going to be the ravenous monster that the UFC baby has become. You know? That's true. Yeah. So there it is. There it is. That's uh, it's a great closing statement right there, man. That's right. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, all right, guys. That's the end of our podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Alex, anything you want to close off with? Anything you want to... Uh, fuck the world, suck a dick, <laughs> and uh, don't fucking vote ever again. <laughs> you know, if, if you want to make a statement, fucking do it through the action of no action whatsoever. It'll be the easiest statement you'll ever make, and it'll be felt. There it is. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. And until the next one, goodbye. Doses.